and clap sync. Three, two, one. All right. Perfect. Like, so I was going to say to you, actually, before we started recording, but might as well add it here. But, like, okay. um, when I was, like, prepping for recording this week, I was just like, wow, and it's been so long since we last recorded. And then I looked at it. I'm like, no, we did record last week. We, we did talk about, like, how everything shaped up for NA. Like, why does that feel like it happened, like, centuries ago at yeah. this point? I think it's all the fucking movement that's happened and all the craziness. Like, so much. And, and you know what else it is, too? I'll tell you. It's, like, partially just the fact that, like, Things have been slow for a while in Valorant, right? It's like fun games every weekend. All right, they're fun. Oh, they're winning, they're losing. Oh, maybe they'll make a comeback. Maybe they won't, right? Like that's been, it's been that for like a like a month or maybe like a month and a half and we're just like chilling and it's nice. And then all of a sudden people are starting to realize that they didn't make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and they are freaking the fuck out and things are happening as a result because everyone wants to fucking make it. And, you know, Shout out to that. And we'll get to that later. But, like, sick. I'm glad people want to make moves. That's fucking awesome. Um, but it's been well, crazy. Well, yeah, I think it dawned on people after they got out that they're like, well, fuck, it's March. And next, next like, tournament period is until May, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know if VLR has all of the events up. Yeah, stage two starts May 5th. So, basically, they have, like, a month and a half of nothing that's crazy and like i don't know and this i'm also looking at the na tournament lineup that they've got going on between this champions tour and next or like this challengers and next and is there really only three tournaments that are happening i do i <laughs> like maybe <laughs> like possibly um yeah I, listen i i don't know the ins and outs of like the tier two tournament scene and i Part of the reason is because, I mean, literally, can you imagine watching that? Like, I mean, right. <laughs> like, what I mean, What are you getting? Like, you're literally, and actually, okay, so here's what you're getting. And I will say it was cute, because um, I've been watching a little bit of 100 Thieves and, and TSM, of course, <laughs> in that uh, sort of just bracket of, of the world and, like, those lesser tournaments. And I will say, actually, some of the casters there just have, like, a love for the game that I personally find to be, like, really awesome. It's like you look at them and you're like, not the most technically talented caster. And it's like you look at that and you you know that and they know that also. But at the same time, their love for the game is something no one can deny. And to me, I find that infectious. So I will say there is like a there's a quaintness, I would say, to those tournaments where it's like it feels old school esports. And so, mm -hmm. OK, I like that. The problem is that the competition is really not good, like really Where's not the production, good. really? I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, I are the observers good in those tournaments? Like, I, I don't yeah. want to speak for, like, the actual observers. But, like, all I can remember is, like, that one small tournament that I, like, decided to look in on. And it was, like, only in-game sounds. Like, okay, not Okay, it's not that. It's not it was, that. It was silence <laughs> to, like, game sounds only. And it was, like, TSM versus somebody. And it no, was that, very sad. That was the saddest thing I've ever seen in esports, maybe in, like, 10 years, in terms of, like, actually <laughs> out of broadcast, was just that team being at a level where they weren't casted. And there was, like, thousands of people there. I want to say there was, like, 20,000 people there right. just, like, excited for TSM to just kind of, like, not make it in an uncasted game and 
I don't know. We all in our minds, I think a little bit are like, you know, this caster's good, but this one's maybe better or this one's not good. And you sit there and you like fancy in your in your mind, like, could I do that? Or like, like surely like we could do that, right? And maybe you could. I'm I'm happy for you. But what I will say is like, I did not recognize how excruciating a game is <laughs> until I heard one uncasted. It was like, <laughs> oh god. Like no matter what you think of the casters in this scene, they are all clearly doing a fuck ton better than that. It was oh awful. <laughs> I mean. It- it, I couldn't even stand, like, the one round that I watched. It was just very... Like, the Observer was doing their best, clearly, to, like, try and, like, show every perspective. But without the casting to explain, like, what exactly is happening, like, it was it was rough. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, I completely agree. So, I don't know. I've been thinking so much about the NA talent scene and just, like, the talent scene in general for Valorant so much as like we're starting to see like like Brennan sideshow like take like a casting role and like you know i don't know if, if people out there know my my opinions on those guys but the moral of the story though is that actually i thought they did really well um mm-hmm. i thought they did like I, really well i like the fact that they cast from the same room is that I what they do holy fuck. yeah That's yeah genius. so like oh it, it was actually hilarious because uh it was like a couple series before this. Um, they had one camera on them and they're clearly sitting next to each other. And it's great because as they're talking about the game, they turn and they face one another. And it's like they're having an analytical conversation they're about the game. They're doing a podcast, it was man. great. But then <laughs> the other day, I forget. I was, wa- I was watching a V1 Sentinels, actually. And um, at the end of the game, like I had to do some stuff in the kitchen. And so I had the game on but i wasn't able to watch some of like the later rounds but i was gonna go back and watch them later but i was asking brandon i was like brandon can you like tell me what the score is and he's like i don't know there's these two guys talking on the screen i'm like oh the game's over well can you listen to them and you can like let me know who maybe like won out and he was like i don't know all i know is it's really strange because they put them on separate screens but they're acting like they're turning to one another and talking to each other like they split the the one camera that they had like down the middle into separate people panels <laughs> what? for whatever reason like i've got to find yeah. a screenshot yeah. and send it to you yeah but i like the one like the one That's camera funny. shot of both of them sitting next to each other as opposed to like both of them like i don't know it was like two separate screenshots but occasionally you would see one just turn his head and look over and brandon's like are they in the same room i can't tell and i'm like yeah, they definitely are i don't know why they separated them on this broadcast but it's strange they must you know what they must do it must be because like the the norm is people in their own bedrooms now so like they all of their graphics and uis and shit that like the production crew has to put the faces in probably like all fit a certain mold and they're like okay so i get that you guys are like together and like your synergy is going to be insane but they but, did like, it before man why why didn't they just stick with what they had before <laughs> i don't know i don't <laughs> don't ask me like what the fuck the ui team for valorant esports is doing like they are <laughs> i think improving they are they are you know the 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 buy the buy hud yeah top notch it's better to what it was last year i agree sure. i agree but like holy fuck though like for a while it was pretty bad and i will listen listen 
say what you will, but I will never let us forget that they tried to put skins in that shit. Okay? <laughs> they just did it real quick. Oop, it's just a test. Just It's just a business test, you know? Proof of concept. What, what could we? And it was awful. If you guys don't remember that time, there was a time where they put the actual skins, like a, like a really small 3D model of them or whatever, or some shit, like in the UI, and you could not tell what anything was. You just, like, look and you're like, they have nondescript Well, I know rifles. it's the Oni series. <laughs> is, it the, is it the Stinger or the Phantom? Or yeah. I don't know. Is that a Bucky? Like, what is that? It's, oh, God, it was awful. And, like, people are constantly, like, so they've got ops. Oh, no, those are marshals. <laughs> These are distinctly different weapons and very distinctly different in their output in the game. So, like, it, can we please? So, yeah, um. So I just never want anyone to forget that because seriously, that is the most right thing I've ever seen. And like, do not let oh. that because people will forget. And they'll be like, and oh. you know, for a fact that they like, after putting 3D models, they like looked at that model's like sale after mm -hmm. that series to be like, hmm, did more people end up buying the Ion Sheriff when it was available in their shop? Because keep in mind, mm -hmm. they also still do a rotating shop for whatever the fuck reason. I know. <laughs> so the, apparently that just makes them more money, I guess. I mean, I, I think it has to, right? Because otherwise it they wouldn't do it. It keeps people playing, right? Because yeah. it encourages people to log on every day to see what, what weapon is in their shop. Yeah. And that probably plays into their metrics of, we got 80% retention rate in returning players. Yeah, well, they're returning to, like, look at their store and then log out. Or at and, least that's And you've I seen these sometimes. people on stream to, like, sadly <laughs> open their shop and then just walk away dejected. You know what I mean? <laughs> and what's really crazy is that, like, you've seen, I've seen a bunch of people on stream that are, like, really, really wealthy. You know, like, think about, like, just, like, super successful high-up esports people. And the strategy that they use is they buy everything in their store that they don't want because then it creates higher chances for getting the things that you do want. Right. Because they can't yep. come again in your store. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was appalled to learn of this strategy. Like, <laughs> like Jesus Christ, dude, let it go. But, like, to me, yeah, that's just to me. Like, I have a nice set of skins. I'm happy. Thank you. Um, but, but the skin game is crazy and like dude all the streamers are super fucking into it and I, I i like feel like riot must tell them like or like give them free money or like i know that used to happen in the past like they would give people free money but it's just like people like skins are deep in this fucking game and like if you talk to people that are really into the game they, they'll look at you like you're insane like they like the fact that the store is like that and i'm like wait you like the fact that you can't buy what you want like i'm saying this shit out loud and i'm starting to like think like have i gone crazy have i lost it <laughs> you you actually want a world where you can sit there dejected for like two months waiting for a skin and they're like yeah and so you know when when someone says that in, in an honest way as they do it it literally has dumbfounded me before <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess if they're used to that kind of business model, yeah. maybe, I don't know. I'm used to the Riot way of League of Legends, which is just, hey, this champion's for sale. You want to spend real money? Yeah, sure. I've really wanted to play Caitlyn. Sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy her. Hey, Caitlyn has nine skins available. Which one would you like if you want to spend money? Oh, well, you know, I really like Safari Caitlyn. That's very nice. I will take her. Mm -hmm. 
and then I'm on my merry way with my favorite champion and my favorite skin, and I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, just imagine where it's just like, ah, the Phantom. Yes, I get the Phantom every game. But you know what? I really would like the Zed Phantom. I- I'm spitballing here. Right, I sure. actually don't want the Zed Phantom. <laughs> Although, you know, given my name, I kind of want a gun with a Z on it. Just to Damn. be like, yeah. I know, actually. So then you gun. should you should get the whole collection then. <laughs> no, I'm not spending that money. Jesus Christ. It's hell the money too. And people roll around with it and they fucking love it. And every time I look at it, like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Anyway, the point right. is like, I don't even know where we, where we were going with this. We're just kind of spitballing about Riot. Cause, oh. I don't know. I, I guess we're also in this kind of phase just because there's been a lot of think pieces out this week. That's true. About how Riot is Good fucking point. up their eSport. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly due to, I guess, like the first bombshell of news that had occurred probably. I don't think... We, we talked about it last recording was that Sean, like it literally just dropped that Sean was leaving casting. That's right. Um, that was, we had talked about yeah. that last episode. Holy right. fuck. Right. And he had just announced it like hours before we hit record. Mm. Um, and so that was interesting to talk about. And of course, so after Sean leaves, like all of this clarification and information comes out about the nature of, of his leaving and whatnot. Mm. Um and you get a lot of think pieces out about how, like, yeah, like, Riot's not your friend when it comes to being a caster. Mm-hmm. Like, if you mm-hmm. won't actually, like, dedicate 100% of your life to, you know, their broadcast and their sport, like, they're going to drop you for somebody who's more willing to mm-hmm. do 100% of their tournaments and not take any other work, which is just not sustainable, in my opinion. Like, I think every caster needs to have some line of, like... <laughs> some line of work outside of like a singular producer in my opinion you gotta cast your net wide mm-hmm. and riot does not like that no i mean so oh. yeah god you should you should cast your net wide but do you need to that's the question that they pose and it's just crazy because like i've heard all sorts of things over the years about like tournament organizer politics about like who they hire like what the fuck happens but but riot controls all of this though it's not just like Mm -hmm. oh that tournament organizer over there does this but this other one's hella nice and then they could compete with each other being like like okay imagine cutting lothar in an open market then another tournament's like i'm taking lothar (laughs) that's great right he's coming to my tournament and then it's like they get a win for that you know what i mean so the community has a way to actually like it almost in essence like support what they like through like an open ecosystem of tournaments. So in this case, no, it's all in Riot's world. And that's that's the danger that people are trying to like point out. That's what Sean Garris is saying in his message. That's what Richard Lewis is saying to Sean Garris in that article. Right. Yeah. Which is a good article. You should read it. I mean it's it's very Richard Lewis, so it's like he's gonna he's gonna shout at the screen, <laughs> but it's just in this case it's in words. Um, but usually it's in voice. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah. Oh my god. There was a great I listened to one of his podcasts. I actually listened to a bunch of his podcasts. I really like his stuff overall. You have to be accustomed to the yelling. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I feel like (laughs) it it sounds bad, but I feel like he's, like, the quintessential, like, the first of, like, the angry YouTubers Mm -hmm. I ever, like, encountered of, like, people who would go on and rage. Except, like, 
I don't know, like, I guess not in every instance, but like in most instances is like that's that rage is warranted. He just gets very animated when yes. he starts raging about yes. it. Um, and now I feel like there's like a ton of other like YouTube channels yes. that have like created their brand off of just being ragers. And I'm like, I don't know. It's a vibe. Like it's an emotional <laughs> vibe. Like, it's just like, if you can imagine, it's just like, it's like it goes through the air or like through the like internet. Basically, you just get to transfer an emotion to someone. And it sounds like you wouldn't want to transfer frustration to people. But people like enjoy being frustrated together. I don't know how to describe that. They just enjoy it. Like they enjoy being like, man, that is bullshit. What the fuck? Right. Like and now you're you're in it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I feel like that has been such a successful emotion. Like, that's what we're kind of finding. Okay, now we're getting to fucking social media. But seriously, like, that's, I think, what we're really finding is that it's emotions and, like, feelings that you can evoke. Like, even think of memes and stuff. They travel basically so fast and so far and so intensely. They're just basically unstoppable. And so people mm -hmm. have started to realize, like, you need to brand yourself or you don't need to. But you can, as a tool, brand yourself as an emotion. Like, for example, here's another one on the other's opposite side. Think of people who make food on YouTube, but they do it like ASMR style, but not the, like weird shit on Twitch. The like actually very quiet, very peaceful, very like nice music in the background. No one's talking, just like sounds of working, like those sorts of videos. And they make sure there's nothing, you know, no intense emotions or anything like that. It's just super chill. People go to sleep to them. People watch them just as comforting. Like, it's, it's this comforting emotion. It actually turns out it spreads really far, really fast, and is very powerful um, as well. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so Richard Lewis, the first one of those you saw, that's probably true for me, too. They are popular now, though, huh? Like, I feel like I saw a lot of them blow up on Twitch, too. Like, even think mm -hmm. of, um, I never watched this guy, but do you remember Angry Joe? Angry Joe shows? Well, yeah, like, trust me, like, his channel was all over the place when Last of Us Part Two came out. It was, right. like... But, but see, like, here's the thing. It's, like, I feel like that genre has deviated now from, like, expressing frustration in something to just, like, absolutely losing your shit over yeah. something and, like, starting to bring up, like, the most, like, I don't know, the most minute details and be like, well, this is wrong, therefore it's bad, or something like that. Like, yeah. Um, another yeah. thing that comes to mind... Huh. Uh, have you heard of like the YouTube channel like Cinema Sins? Okay, I've heard, but like never even seen a video. Right. So like they got popular based off of like taking movies and quote unquote sinning them for doing things. And it used to be clever things such as like I don't know this girl, her hair is tucked behind her ear in this shot, but then literally one second later her hair is like untucked. And so it's like editing errors. Like oh, they'll, they'll point out those like, like a continuity little continuity error tiny, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mostly the continuity errors. But then suddenly they devolved into just starting to nitpick every single <laughs> no! little thing in a movie of like, this woman walks out of her house at 4 p.m. Why would she do that? Send the movie or something. Oh, and so, get and people here. start like hating that because yeah. they're just like, wait a minute. Now you're just getting angry for the sake of being angry it's their like, brand though to... they're like fuck how well, do we exactly. how do we run this machine if we don't use this emotion which is the fuel of it yeah right 
Dude, but I anyways. okay, wait. I oh. on that context though, I think about our other podcast where uh Tierney Thumbs, which I I think about <laughs> <laughs> I you have to say it. It's not even plugging. You just have to say it because if you didn't say it and someone wanted to know, that's the dickest move. To just like make someone Google some shit. That's You're not so invited. Fucked. That's so <laughs> fucked. Like, don't make people Google shit or like remember or like try to look up your fucking no. Like, we're not on the. I don't internet. even know how you would go from the <laughs> question mark to tyranny of thumbs. You wouldn't. I guess you wouldn't. Um, but I worry about us nitpicking all the time because I'm just like guys. Like, I get it. Like, we're like really advanced, like analytical critiquers or whatever. But it's just like really like the fact that like it went from the left instead of the right. Like, is this really what we want to talk about? Um, and I do this myself sometimes and I like catch myself and I'm like, dude, you're a piece of shit. Um, just cause it's like, come on. It's like the, cause here's why it's an embarrassment of riches. That's what it is. It's, we've played so many incredible games on that podcast that you can actually tell the difference between something that's like the best thing the universe has ever created to something that's just really, really fucking good. Like you can really easily tell. Um, but you just want to make sure like. You just don't nitpick for no reason. Because, yes, you can see it, but it's so stupid. Um, right. Yeah. Exactly. And I was going to bring it back, but, like, that, like, is basically what we were talking about here. Like, just in the context of, like, when you see so much, like, good stuff, you kind of just get critical. Um, and I feel like that, personally, is how I feel watching NA matchups regionally for a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Back. Way to go. I'm going to applaud you for that. <laughs> Yo, you got to take the W's when they're there, bro. I, you know, I think, listen, it's okay if you ra raise your hand if you thought I wasn't going to make it back. <laughs> I didn't. I'm not sure. I might raise my hand on that one. <laughs> but it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For real, though, after watching EMEA today, right? Fnatic versus right? Mech, I was like, holy shit, and I screwed. Yes, dude. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, dude. I we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, but, I mean, do we want to bring it back, I guess, yeah. to this whole hunt? Uh, yeah. Oh, I, well, I guess, spoiler, I was going to say 100T thing. Well, mm -hmm. like, because, okay, well, I guess we should maybe backtrack a little bit. Okay. Sean Gares leaves. Richard Lewis brings out. A lovely article right i don't i don't know if you want to make a note mccoy you should probably link that article in like our description or something like that I if should people do want that. to take a look i'll, wrote, I'll um, note that okay good call it's a very informative article i think it's very well written mm -hmm. um but anyway after that uh sean garris's casting duo ddk uh you know, we asked the question last week of like well who's gonna be his duo now well ddk then shortly announces hey you know what I don't think this casting thing is something I want to pursue further. Like, I wasn't invited to Iceland. I'm also upset about that. I think I want to go on. He didn't say it verbatim, but it definitely seemed like a, I want to move on to greener pastures. I see something more in my future that does not involve casting. So I'm stepping away from the space. Yeah. Um, which then has you think, okay, so... If you want to remain in esports, but you don't want to cast, what other rules are left there? Yeah. Observer. No. I know. I've coaching. never <laughs> seen anyone go that direction. I don't yes. think I've ever seen anyone be like, you know what? I finally made it to Greener Pastures. Observer. <laughs> like, like <laughs> That's a really funny concept. I've never thought about that. But yeah. No, absolutely. And the way that their two announcements were different from each other is I thought what was so strange about it. And it's really not that strange now that you look at it in its totality, like spoilers to the end. 
But at the time, it's like Sean's saying shit about how he's done with casting in Valorant. But it feels like he's opening the door to casting, like, in CS or something. Like, mm-hmm. like is he nitroing? Like, is he going back? And so I was like, oh, shit. And I'm sure he's looking at a bunch of options, right? But that's, it's just like the way he said it. But then DDK was like, I'm done with casting. So that's different. That means he wouldn't cast in Counter-Strike either. Like, that's more of a retirement than anything. Did he used to catch it, cast in Counter-Strike? Yeah. Do you know? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. He was part of a legendary duo there that got their start from doing the sort of tier, <clears throat> excuse me, tier two tournaments uh, and online leagues and stuff. Like, the sort of repetitive, like, kind of, like, repetitive low-level shit that basically, like, a lot of other people didn't want to do and they had their own league. And they made it really fun. It was DDK and Bardolph. Mm. Yeah, James Bardolph. They did actually really great. Um, so great that they ended up casting, like, finals. Like, grand finals and shit. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love I love his casting style, and I love him and Sean together. So, yep. like, I thought... It, I mean, it's a huge loss, I think, to the NA casting scene, for sure. It is. It is. Um, yep. It, it'll be... It'll be some tough shoes to fill. It'll be interesting to see which talent steps up to become, I guess, like the new favored duo. Um, I think Brent and Sideshow are like right there. Like they're getting there. They need to stop calling team streamer teams and then I'll be on board. I think. <laughs> no, they bring a bit of that podcast banter to the show. Yeah, they do. And I'm like, all right, listen, it's tasteful. You son of a bitch. Like, you know what I mean? It's, they don't go crazy with it, right? They don't bring their entire meta, but they definitely, like, bring their crew, which I think mm-hmm. is, like, an interesting... It's almost like a brand move. Like, like they are... They're the only catchers I can think of that, like, have, like, a brand. Re- like, really. Mm-hmm. Like, in that way. Anyways, it's just interesting. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I Okay, that's fine, but I think they've been doing pretty well. But, but really what I want to say is, like, I was having this conversation the other day, and it is with Elena, who's not here, obviously. Um, but, like, think about the NA talent that we have, like, in its totality. It's a weird thing to, like, look at. Because I was, like, counting on my fingers, like, all the NA talent that I could think of, and it was, like, it was, like, more than 10. It was, like, more than 12. It was, like, it was, like 14. It was really crazy that I could, like, think of. And I was just, like, sitting there, like, wow, like, they're going to be some hearts broken, I feel like, at some point soon. Like, is like on the horizon, just because, like, there's so many people. And the way that – it's the same thing with the teams, right, where you're like, there's, like, five good NA teams right now, which is what everyone's saying. And I think that's actually true. Um, and we can get to that. But, like, only two get to go. And that's the same thing with casters, right? It's like, you don't only get to go. It's the big tournament. And so, I don't know. It just – it's going to be heartbreak. <laughs> I could just, I can feel the sad Twitter posts already, like, oh, God. Right. Well, I mean, I know there's always the argument of, like, the proportion of talent coming from, like, EMEA versus NA, at least for the English broadcast. Like, that's the mm-hmm. that's the big one, right? Um, and sure, I think, like, EMEA has a lot of talent that can go to more of those multilingual streams, I guess, but, like, Let's be honest, the English broadcast is going to be the most exposure, the most views. Like, people are right. definitely aiming for that. Yeah. And quite honestly, I wonder how much of it matters that NA is not in person, like, at least production-wise. Like, the, the talent is not in person. Um, 
only because you don't get to see like that professionalism on the desk as well. Like I feel like I'm more connected yes. with the EMEA desk people of like Lothar and Kakuka uh, and uh, why am I blanking on her name? Dude, Sue. I always Sue. forget. It. Wait, what is her name? <laughs> Sue. Sue. I think gotcha. her name's Sue. Could be. I don't. I don't want to say Boaster's girlfriend. No, but so but that's exactly her. the no. But seriously, and you know what? Like, okay. I understand that that can be reductive, but I do think it is actually insanely good for their branding that you can get to either one of them and find both. Right. Like that's I super OP. Because I feel I feel bad. It's not Sue. Shit. No, it's not. It's um. Fuck. I was thinking about this the other day and I couldn't come up with it. But anyway, she's good. She's the host over at. Uh, but uh, right. Yinsu, Yinsu, holy fuck! Yinsu, oh holy my. Sue, shit! Sue is in the name. Sue's in the name. Oh, that was close. Nice job. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> that was close. Listen, you guys out there are like shouting it, but like, dude, you didn't fucking know either. Um, <laughs> they probably did. Um, but, but the but the thing is, I really like yeah, Yinsu as yeah, well, yeah. and like, and EMEA has been knocking out of the park. Now, granted, EMEA had a lot of catch up to do these past two weeks what with uh postponed games and everything so they actually at one point had a double broadcast going but like they're bringing in some heavy hitters as well they had shocks on the desk the other day they brought in vedius like they're bringing in some talent into the valorant scene now um and i don't know it's like you're bringing in some really heavy hitters there which then like also just puts more positions in these international tournaments in jeopardy you know yeah like, i agree i was thinking about that exactly because insane. dude but the thing is riot has some fucking legends of talent that they could just drop at any time and i think they have and like sometimes that's good and sometimes it's like sad because the the people there like don't get to be there but dude like for example dash i think dash is so fucking good like mm -hmm. i i there's a reason why he casted worlds or like championships last year he was like the mc i guess like the host stage. the host yeah or was he the host yeah he he does I all mean, the he was the guy that announced the he, he announced the trophies yeah he okay, did the yeah, interviews yeah. like there's a reason that he did that when he did not do that during i guess quote unquote regular season um all that much like he is excellent at his craft i i think he's one of the best ever like i just i literally it's one of those things where like i keep wanting to put him we talk about like you know tiers and like gold stars and stuff with all that's all those conversations but it's like if you're saying top tier and then you're like imagining like okay is top tier for like literally the best ever and then is like is there one for like just under that you know what i'm saying where it's like truly incredible but probably not the best ever and i have for the longest time when i when i first saw him i was like i wanted to put him in that that second category which is like okay it's the second best of all time category wise it's the best right it's so incredible to do that but over time he just beats me down with how good he is every <laughs> single fucking time and he fucking puts on weird outfits and shit and just like it doesn't fucking matter nothing faces him he's just everything you could ever want for the face of your esports broadcast like i fuck dude like <laughs> I, seriously no it's he's impressed me for so long and so he's the type of person where i'm like hey i'm sorry you've been here for the whole time you know you're talking to any talent from all the scene like you've been here for a long time you've grounded you've done your reps but dash wants to do this final it's like fuck because <laughs> he's so good and so the thing is i don't know hopefully they'll just like 
I, I think that the key though is that we really do want our innate talent in this scene here to get real experience at like the higher level stuff and so we really do have to root for them to make it if that makes sense so it's like right. you want to see i think in my opinion some legends if they're willing to like put in the time like dash is just murder best interviewer of all time i think um mm -hmm. but like have him be with someone else in a similar role so he can be like teaching and they can be bouncing off each other and learning that's just that's what i hope for when it comes to talent distribution is like you want some new so that they can like get the reps because it's same with teams like casters are going to choke too like <laughs> <laughs> seriously you want to you want to care for everyone in your scene including the casters and they can choke too just like teams just like players so yeah Ooh, we'll talk about it <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 oh. so then they announce and shit and then and then all of a sudden 100 thieves bro just drops a fucking just 100 thieves ass 100 thieves video and it's just like yep yo we got ddk and sean and it's DDK and Sean with these fucking, like, just shit-ending grins on their faces, man. Just, like, damn, look oh, at they, us. They do, the, they do, like, the smirky little, like, they have them sit down. They're like, so, did you guys expect to be here? How does it feel to be here? Or something mm -hmm. like that. And they're like, feels great, man. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, the point is, like, Hunter T tweets out that bombshell. And I say it's a bombshell only because, like, I think it's been known that 100 Thieves needs, like, a management team of some sort especially after i think all of the drama surrounding them throughout this uh challengers yeah. series yeah absolutely um and so i think there were big question marks about what a hunter t would do both for players but then also like would they actually start like hiring a coach and a management team to like make these players better and work better together and yeah yeah. honestly props to them yeah. i don't know what the yeah. deal was to get them there but it must have been massive given all the other teams that are looking for coaches at this point i say all the other teams as if there's a lot but like sentinels i guess mm -hmm. is another team looking for a coach and hunter t beat out sentinels and hunter t did worse than sentinels this year yeah so yeah i don't know hundred t is just they made a big play what can you say? I mean, as an Oregon, that's mm -hmm. a big play. It was Nade Shot. I, I think, you know, talk about an emotion. I think it was Nade Shot being frustrated at where his team was because he literally, really, actually does want to win. You know what I mean? Like in a real right. way. And I think that's one of the things that. So maybe we're, we're at our shout outs to Nade Shot bullet point. Because, like, <laughs> I, so during this, all this, like, up and down crisis for their team, um, keep in mind it's a young esport with I think a lot of young fans as well. And so they're very reactionary. You know what I mean? It's like- Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> you seen that shit? <laughs> I mean, like we, we were joking like at the very first episode of this podcast about, you know, like Hunter T loses their first game. And I'm all I can see on Reddit is just everyone being like, man, like <laughs> I'm gonna stick it out, but Hunter T is doomed this year. Like just all of the- uh, all the people who like consider things to be like doomed or needing to have right. roster swaps immediately upon like the slightest of errors. Like you can, all I'll say is you can tell which ones like do not have competitive experience yeah. or like know what it's like to work yeah. on a team yeah. <laughs> ever. Yeah. And let alone like even just a lot of esport experience either. Like mm -hmm. even dude, I think, cause you're absolutely right. If you work professionally on a team, like you recognize it's, it's very different that these are obviously very 
competitive teams, very competitive teams. But like, if you look at, you know, if you ever hear any interviews with like people that talk about um, G2 and like Carlos and stuff, it's like, he tells you on the way in, like, this is cutthroat as fuck, but like, we're all here to win. You know what I mean? And we're all going to be reasonable to each other while we're doing it. And like, that's such a badass atmosphere. <laughs> right. And so you get it. But like, to react that fast after one game is, it's beyond irresponsible. Right? It's, right? It makes literally no sense and is like one of the most damning things you could ever see an orc or a GM do. Like, what? Like, <laughs> and. Yeah, I mean, like, in some ways, I can see the concern when they dropped two of their players yeah. after losing two series. Like, I, we, we talked about it at length as well, how we were just like, wait, you're just down 0-2. Like, why did you suddenly blow up this roster? Like, this seems questionable, I suppose. And, like, yeah. and I guess the, the main story with a lot of this stuff is, like, People love to talk about how they know exactly what's going on on a team. Mm. When it comes down to it, management knows exactly what's going down. They know what's best. And I think it plays into a lot of other roster swaps that have happened uh, this year. Um, Yeah. I think the big issue is just with, like, transparency between, like, social media and the management team. I think Nechot did his best, though. Like, he did a live stream. Yes. But, I, atten- I attended. Yeah, but nice. <laughs> yeah, I've attended a couple. Did of Did you his sign lives. the guest book? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And there was another stream later. He did where he's like, "Yeah, my PC isn't working," and I was like, "What's wrong with it?" And I was like trying to help him for a little bit, but it's tough because there's so many people talking. And I was like, "Listen, man, good luck. Um, get your friend who built it to come in here and fix it, bro." Um, <laughs> Just buy a new one, bro. Buy a new one. <laughs> no, but see, that the thing is like. That, what I love about him and I think he's really shown is that like, okay, obviously they made big moves at the beginning of Valorant from a business standpoint. They get Hiko. I don't think anyone could have predicted how large Hiko would have become here because if you were actually from Counter-Strike, like he's been gone for a long time and was not this big there. Like he was known as a player. Mm-hmm. He had some hype moments, but I actually think what happened with Hiko, and this is like a really weird thing, but it's just worth knowing, is like, I think his hype was higher than his actual performance. And people here had not seen his actual performance. And so they were like, holy fuck, we have a literal god, like incoming walking in. And it's like, this guy's not a god. <laughs> he's he's a very interesting, unique, and I would, yeah, I would say very interesting player, but he's not a god. But then he blew up, right? So then, okay, 100 Thieves definitely made moves to get him. But, like, could you really give him 100% credit that, like, that's the one guy that just launches, like, insane? Like, like because no one else saw, like, 10s coming, for example. Um, but anyways, mm-hmm. clearly making moves. And then you can see they get, like, some insane CS talent, too. Like, Nitro and eventually get Ethan. And, like, they've, they've just had a lot of iterations of their team that are really working on something. You know what I mean? It's clear mm-hmm. they're making moves. Nitshot was CSGO, wasn't he? So, not really. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, what he might. He probably owns something, but does he? I don't know. That's something worth looking up. But certainly not for most of the years that that I actually, like, played and, like, watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, let's... Call of Duty. No, That's yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're saying, okay. like, from his origin? Yeah, his origin is Call of Duty. I'm just wondering yeah. if he has teams now in Counter-Strike, to be honest. 
Like who, oh, who that even I, would be? I don't think he does. Have, let's see. Because like Cloud9, uh, for Apex, instance, did Call for a while. Duty, Fortnite, League of Legends, and Valorant. So yeah, they don't have okay, yeah. a CSGO roster. So this makes sense to me. Yeah, so they're like a big esports org. And they're killing it apparently in League. Like pretty consistently making like quite cool moves. And so like all mm-hmm. this is happening. And then you got to understand like Nade Shot's literally on stream playing Valorant during his fucking work day. Like... And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, this guy fucking loves the game. You can just see it. He's literally streaming it when he can. And just talking right. to his fans. And I'm just like, that is so fucking cool. And he would do watch parties for the games, and he would just sit there, and he'd be like, holy fuck. And he, if you've ever watched him watch the game, it makes sense why he is the way he is and why his org acts the way it orgs. Or, the way it, <laughs> the way it orgs. The way it does. Um, <laughs> just because, like, he's really excited about the game like and he yeah very passionate very passionate almost like beyond i would say beyond normal let's put it that way and i don't mean that in no negative way it's served him amazing it's in fact a huge benefit but it's like almost like carnal like it like takes over him do you know what i'm saying like it's just mm-hmm. it's that competition it's i think it's because he was a competitor and he just wants so desperately to win and like you look at that and that's been true through all the messages he's sent and like all the sort of branding he's put out there in the world. And I just feel like that is what makes me believe him when he says, Hey, this roster wasn't working well together. They knew it. We had to be done. Cause that felt like one of the most knee jerk things like anyone could ever possibly imagine. But when he says it, the way he said it in that like video, it was like, okay, hold on. I actually think he's telling the truth in saying that this roster just wasn't going to work. And if you know that today, that's the best day to know it, <laughs> you know? Right. So, so yeah. So like, I, I was starting to like respect him there. And I, I think he's taken it really personal lately that people think his team is bad and that, that the GMing over there is bad. Like people have been, like we said, very reactionary towards his org, but it has looked pretty crazy. Um, and I think he took it really personal. And I feel like, I mean, you tell me, but it's not Sean Garris and TDK, the acquisition duo. Is that not a serious fucking move? I mean, it shows that they, they mean business in getting better and more importantly, getting back to challengers too. I don't know if there's really like, I think there's an open promotion into challengers too. Oh, like um, an I'm LCQ not... sort of thing? Uh. Yeah, there is an open qualifier as for a, there's a basically an open qualifier and a closed qualifier. Okay. I don't know like how seeding works. Like I don't know right. if a hundred T is guaranteed a slot. I actually don't think they would be with the record that they got in challengers one. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so I think it's something where they would have to uh, qualify through a qualifier. Um, but I mean, if that's not a move of we're looking to get better, like these are the moves that we are making, like then I don't know what is. Yeah. Like they they mean business, and it's a. I I would say it's a big investment into the Valorant scene, and also just I I think it's a really smart move, just because it's just like. I don't know, if you are a fair enough fan, and I say fair in the sense of you're straying away from 100 thieves you're like i don't understand these roster swaps i'm moving away assigning like this i feel like it's gonna reel a lot of people back in and get them back on the hype train yeah uh 
and bring people I mean, that that literally wouldn't i that i think like the would we because you know what's really interesting you can make such a good point about that but what about us though like we're not those people and yet we're probably getting brought in by this acquisition too oh i, I mean i 100 percent am like 100 thieves i wouldn't say that like I am that avid of a fan. They are a roster that I will always keep tabs on, I'd say. Yep. Um, they're, a, they're a roster that I wish well. Yeah. It, but I feel like that's where it stays for the most part. But an announcement like this, I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on you now. Like, we're going we're gonna to see how this goes. Like, let's see what happens. But, I mean, this has also got to speak really well for possibly the talent that they bring in like i'm not sure if um i'm not sure if why am i blanking on the two people that came in names i I, i'm not sure yeah i'm not sure if they're staying or not they have made it everyone has made it abundantly clear that they are on temporary contracts but i think the only thing that's made a good case for them is that they've been top fragging every fucking game (laughs) seriously (laughs) like what the fuck dude Someone picked these kids up. What the fuck? Like, JC Stanley specifically has been just consistently incredible. Like, who is this guy? Like, like I want him on my team. What the fuck? So that's great for them. I'm really glad they got that exposure. Um, I think if you're 100 Thieves, it's like they have to know something deeper, i.e. Mm-hmm. you have fundamental, you know, problems with the way this team is structured and we need to rebuild it sort of thing. You know what I mean? If they feel that way, then like do whatever you gotta do, and I think that's up to to Sean and DDK to figure out, um, and probably right. the players too to talk about it. To be honest, but it's like I-, I want them to do what they need to do. Let's put it that way. I want them to do what they need to do because I personally have always felt that they have role issues. Like, just I think they have playstyle issues, and the problem I think that like be on the lookout for whether they solve this or not, or if they think this is a problem. But I think that Hiko and Asuna are exactly opposite play styles in terms. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) And so that automatically splits their squad up into like kind of two or even three, like one on each side, you know what I'm saying? So will, will DDK and Sean have the fucking gall? You know what I mean? To break that up or to do something about that. That's the question. That's how you can tell. Yeah. We're going to be keeping our eyes on it for sure. I mean, I'm I'm certainly going to be keeping close tabs, seeing if they're doing any acquisitions or any role swaps of that nature. Yeah. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see. Oh, one thing I wanted to bring sure. up to get your thoughts on this, because I heard it in another talk show that I thought was really interesting. They were talking about um, rumors were that 100 Thieves were actually trying to go for high, top, top, top tier NA Counter-Strike talent like the Stewie 2Ks of the world or like the Alicia's of the world. And the discussion on that show was whether or not it's reasonable to still pick up Counter-Strike players for this game or has it evolved enough that that's kind of irresponsible, like they don't know how to play the game. Like, you know what I mean? And I wanted to get your take mm-hmm. on that. Like, what? Just, just just off the cuff, you don't have to be right, but like, what is that? What is that? Like, do you think it's reasonable still to pick up a high-level CS player? Um... I think, quite honestly, I I don't know if it has that much value anymore as it maybe once did. Hmm. And I only mean that just because the meta of Valorant has shifted so much into you can't just be a good gunner, but you need to also be 
good with recognizing utility placement and recognizing like which uh agents are on which site um yeah and i think it's a there's no abilities in counter-strike obviously mm -hmm. um so first of all it's having to like learn how to use that utility property which i'm sure people in counter-strike could easily pick up for sure yeah um but at the same time like i think there's so much more that comes within the mind that maybe isn't easy yeah. uh, necessarily for Counter-Strike people to catch on to. Um, you know, like, I don't know, Astro Playster stars down, well, were there two or were they three? Wait, I have to pay attention to that? What? Why? Like, Who's Astro? It, it's, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, no, for real though. It's, it's a lot to learn. And, you know, people who got mm -hmm. into this at the ground level, they got to learn a certain set and then grow with it. Like we have, you know right. what I mean? But coming in new, it's, you have to sort of scope everything. And I think especially as more new agents and new maps get into right. the map pool and the agent pool for that matter, like it's just gonna get more and more complex. So I think the value for them was very high at the start of the game for sure. Um, but I think honestly, the curve is kind of evening out. I, I would say it's, a, it's an even, even trade between getting a CSGO player and getting a highly ranked i don't want to say like solo queue person but like right. a, a perspective you right. know unknown right who happens to be very good right and it's all about see that's interesting right that's like the that's getting into league territory and like league of legends territory and that makes sense and like what i hear mm -hmm. about that is like other than the occasional super rare like almost outlier like icon type figure that just rolls in from another game and chills and just totally gets it. And then like, like I was, I was hearing stories about one of these players that was like literally asking questions like, wait, that does damage over time. And people were just looking around like, who the fuck is this what? guy? <laughs> like, like, dude, that's your champion. Like, but apparently like this guy's just incredibly good. And I wish I knew his name, but I, I dude, fuck me if I know anyone from league anymore, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, like the point is just like it, it happens very, very, very rarely. And otherwise, like, it doesn't ever happen in that game. And that game is obviously much more mature than this one is. But if we're starting to step towards that, it's really interesting to think about. Because it's definitely, like, there. I Okay, here's what I think. What do you think about this, though? I think you're probably right. That's step one. And I think I'm coming to that. And that's definitely what's the, the opinion that some of these people on the show had, too. And so I think that's, like, people are starting to see that for real. And I'm starting to now see people see it. And I'm looking at it. I think it sounds true. Um, but what I will say, though, is that there has not, in my opinion, ever been an actual tier one CS player that's transferred. And that oh, yeah, I would agree. I'd like to see. Maybe that could work. Mm -hmm. Right. If you got someone that was actually because think about like what yay is. I think of yay as like a top tier CS player where it's just like his aim mechanics are so good. You have to like respect it. You know what I mean? Like you you can't just walk through his angle he's gonna kill you right <laughs> and like he wasn't even top tier in um in cs but like his skills feel top tier like his output it's like his abilities are nice 
but his mechanics are the abilities on every character and they are doing the same thing pretty much in every game and it is oppressing his enemies <laughs> you know what i mean right <laughs> and like that literally doing 1v4s <laughs> yes. and nearly clutching yes like a bunch with of an op <laughs> yes yes like literally making three people at once run behind cover scared of him peeking them as they're trying to play the bomb um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 100%. So, like, the thing is, I think maybe some Counter-Strike players might be like that. Um, like, tier, 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 top tier ones. Um, yeah, but to just sign a CS player that's, like, good. Yeah, dude, I feel like it's definitely, it's definitely too late. Because, like, especially when there are so many young talents in this game. Like, mm-hmm. plenty of them have even made into the NA competition already. Like, they've literally bullied their way into the system regardless of whether we knew, let alone orcs be picking up. And that was one of the rumors that was going around that 100 Thieves didn't get... These these names I didn't recognize as well at the time when this rumor first circulated. But it was people like... It was like Xander. Like, it was Xander yeah. and... Oh, I forget, there's one other player and he's like hella good. Um, but yeah. Like, that's... I mean, I think... Wasn't Cryo Cells like in It was Cryo. Oh, pool? fuck, dude. Yeah. Imagine that world, Xander and Cryo. Right? right holy <laughs> fuck and that's really nice hindsight from everyone because we've literally seen them pop the fuck off both of them right <laughs> like holy shit individually and like xander igling like holy fuck so okay um so it's easy hindsight but like apparently that was in the cards and so then apparently add to the like going for a cs talent frustration like add to that like they they miss some native talent here so Oof. Rumors are brutal, man. Yeah. Rumors are brutal, but I don't know. It's... I I think it also, like, I guess just to add on to your CSGO question, another thing that comes to mind for me is um, it's just the fact that you, you bring up Ye, which is interesting, and I agree. Like, he is absolutely destroying people, for sure. But, like, I feel like CSGO players also have a limited agent pool coming up where it's like, play Chamber. (laughs) Chamber, all he has to do is he plays with guns. Yeah. And that's all you need to learn. And, like, that's valuable for sure. But I just feel like the market of, like, Jet and Chamber players is so saturated Mm -hmm. at this point um, that it'll the barrier to entry is going to be very high. Yep. uh, For sure. For them to start comparing and then, like, I don't know, like, everyone's looking for smokers and sentinels, sentinel players for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I super agree. The only, th- the only thing that I think is that there is a, um, a natural breed of jet players here in this game. And it feels natural to me. Maybe it's from Overwatch. But I think it's, like, from Overwatch slash natural um, players that are like scene dependent. And I will say that like they have insane value and are amazing. We've seen incredible stuff from them. Um, mm-hmm. Think like, I mean, I think Tens is a good example. I think CNET's a good mm-hmm. example. Like, you know, just these like magical like jet players, but um, Counter-Strike players, some of them maybe are like that, but they have a different style. That's the thing is that they do different shit with their abilities, I think. And, and, like, and it's like, maybe it's one of those things where like, 
over time you just become the natural jet player like because you just can't like maybe it's the best way to play but i don't i don't think so so if you think of like an example we don't get to see it anymore but shazam on like jet was very utilitarian it's like he's walking his op up and he's gonna get out with the dash like he's not doing like cheeky like shorty plays or like weird right. you know what i mean like that creative stuff and so i do think like a cs player could be good at bringing that style if you like and that's that's why yay is always brought to mind because his style is like if i get a pick now this is a 5v4 and we're gonna like put that pressure on you like we're gonna play that like man up style like picks matter and counter-strike players know how to get you a pick which is not technically an mm -hmm. ability but it is like an it's the best ability if it was an ability it'd be op right <laughs> <laughs> So then, I don't know, but they have to learn all the fucking angles, man. And there's a lot of angles. And then they have to learn all the characters. And then they have to not tilt because there's just a shit on the ground everywhere they have to shoot or else they and they can't focus on their crossing. <laughs> just get them into a game with Viper and Astro. <laughs> Fuck, you're screwed. <laughs> That's so true. And then just they'll just release their fucking twit longer about how they're going back. Like, I don't know. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, fair. I love that. Um, I would just say, listen, I'm excited for them next year. I, I hope they make moves. Um, I think it should be, we should celebrate this as a scene. That's what I think. Not only is it like caught my eye in particular, um, but also like this is showing signs of love, I guess, from the esports organizations yeah. to the scene. And I, I don't know, man, I, I think that's, talk about an emotion that I would wish would travel fast. <laughs> <laughs> damn twitter but um but love man like they have a heart button and you would think people love would transfer anyway it's not important um so yeah uh yeah i think about that a lot like this is our scene being loved and i just think like in the position we are right now which is like na is still vying and i say still as if it's like doomed but like you know uh, it might be um yeah it's lovely okay should we move on mm-hmm yeah okay i mean sure we could we can move on from that um i mean there's there's a couple more i, I guess my my question to you yeah. i'm putting you on the spot yeah, here it, please we, we've been talking about na do we just want to get into na mm. yeah uh playoffs yeah you know at least the first round as it so happens because as we're recording this um the i guess the first four-day weekend of playoffs has occurred and so i wish they would line these up with like a... national holidays so i could also have these days off like <laughs> seriously, seriously. <laughs> with everything like lined fuck? up i was just like i don't have time for all of this jesus christ i know and this but, is just yeah. na we're talking about just na right. holy mother of god dude <laughs> this dude i'm just telling you this tournament format used to literally be during the week there would be group stages you know what I'm saying? You didn't have to watch them, but you right. could catch a couple things. And then, then the weekend would come, bro. Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the final. They would do the whole thing. And it's taken Riot, like, it's going to take them, like, three months. <laughs> like, three months for one week of content, bro. It is actually killing me. Um. Anyways. Uh, We're getting close there. Yeah, at this point. Um. <laughs> But I mean, I don't know, like yeah. upper, upper quarter finals happen. So yeah. uh, I guess upper quarters, we had Cloud9 and Knights, Optic and Xset, Version 1 and Luminosity, and Guard and Sentinels. Yeah. And I, I would argue there were two series that were slightly unexpected 
unexpected definitely for one, slightly unexpected for the other. And I'm going to posit Luminosity beating v V1. Yeah. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, no. It's V1 is defeated, undefeated. Yep. By that point, Luminosity is like mid table, I suppose, and not looking all that like I they don't have know. They look a decent. negative storyline. I've literally never heard any analyst ever talk about them outside of when they were required to. Right. <laughs> I think they ever. literally said the only people who picked them for pickums were like family and friends. <laughs> That's so <laughs> sad. To see them no. too well. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. But that's because, listen, it's just like, it sucks to be them right now, but there's like five other really exciting NA teams and it just feels like, Jesus, like six. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, we, we don't need another yeah, one, Yeah, like, hey, please. you can just, you know, simmer down. <laughs> like, like yeah. that's, I feel like, how the scene has actually treated them. But the thing is, okay, here's what you gotta understand, guys. Wrap your head around the league system. I know I'm not gonna, like, stop shutting the fuck up about it, but here's the point, right? We just played a group stage, Right over like the course of a month and a half on a meta that is no longer relevant. We are in a new right. meta right now. And V1, everyone says, really genius team, really great coordination, uh, really high level thinking. They're going to be good meta adapters. Maybe. That's not a given. Yeah. Because it's possible that they were very, very good on that previous meta. And they're not as good on this new meta. Or it's also possible that they take a long time to set up their really intricate teamwork strategies. And that that takes a long time when you shake up the champions. So it's possible that they're getting hit with a curveball of just being a weaker team. Instantly. Right when it matters. Right. Is that possible? Feels possible. I mean, I don't, my big question is why a patch was released so close to like mm. a playoff competition one thing after you get so used to playing on a certain meta like i think i would argue emea is even worse because na at least had one week of group play on the new meta i think mm -hmm. um and emea it's like they had a delayed patch so they were playing on the old meta up until playoffs started yesterday wow okay that's actually the, so, the old, old meta. That means, like, Icebox pre-change, question mark? Yeah, so they were That's playing, nuts. like, Icebox. But, like, I was watching the playoffs yesterday for EMEA, and they had a whole segment on, here's all the changes that happened. I'm like, wait, these changes happened, like, a week ago wow. at this point. But not for EMEA. So it's like, that means, like, you don't see, and we can get into it later, but, like, you think about it with, like, the smoke meta, you're like, oh, my God, the brimstone meta for bone cold. Holy fuck. Right. Like, we don't get to see, like, how Ascend would have fared on that, and we never will. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think you said that correctly. We never will, because it's not to say that there won't be an opportunity for him to show his brimstone, but will brimstone ever be in this exact place again? Probably not. Right. Probably not. I mean, they, they've already nerfed right. him a little That's bit because didn't they go from two two stimmies to one? Don't call it a fucking Very stimmy. Quickly. Get out of here with that <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. I knew you were going to fucking call Bring it. me with the stimmy. No, it's not funny. Now, now the Revive Me Jet one, that's funny. <laughs> I'm down for that one. <laughs> Bring me with the stimmy is just some dumbass shit because, like, I don't know. It's like... It really is to me like the, the two or three games that Brimstones have 
said Brimmy with the Snimmy to me have been just the most uncomfortable motherfuckers I have ever graced talking to. I think it's that you don't like sayings that rhyme. You don't like boop the snoot. Yeah, I don't. You don't like Brimmy with the Stimmy. I think you just don't. don't like sayings yeah. that rhyme. Yeah, well, it, to me, it sounds very, like, uncool and, like, kind of, like, childish almost. Yeah. It seems very Gen Z. That's Does it? Sure. Is it Gen Z? Oh, should I know, bro? Okay. Take that, Gen Z. I hate all of you, apparently. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Obviously, I don't. Um, yeah. Okay. No. No cap. No. Don't you dare. <laughs> oh. I'm saying this as if I'm from Gen Z. I'm not. I know. Someone I was trying to explain to me. Um, bricked up. <laughs> Do you know about that one? That's not the place yep. to describe yep. that one. But. No. <laughs> very well aware of what that i've never heard it before until like fucking yesterday (laughs) someone's fucking it wasn't yesterday but it was literally like like alex was like staying over and he was like yeah bricked up you know and i was like no i don't know and then so i had him explain it to me (laughs) (laughs) and it was hilarious i was like dude you guys are fucking you guys are fucking demons over there (laughs) calm down (laughs) anyways uh yeah yeah. can you cool it it was funny but yeah go on Anyway, V1 Luminosity. Luminosity wins 2-0 or 2-1. But here's the thing. Excuse me. Did you so. see this game? Because I didn't even see this game. I didn't even look. Because I thought I V1 did. easy, free. Okay. So tell me about it. How did it go? Um, I think it was something where Luminosity did look very good, very strong. I think where I ultimately come to the conclusion, though, is like, as soon as they won, I was happy for them because, like, they had their post-game interview and they were just like, yeah, everyone's kind of counting us out, but, like, we've really been prepping hard for this. And I'm like, you know what? Good for you. I'm glad you are. But the thing is, like, when it comes to having teams qualify and represent NA and Reykjavik, it's like I want to send teams who have proven to be consistent yeah, um, and who yeah. have proven themselves time and again. Cloud9. And to me... It, yeah, Cloud9, V1 is also in that. Okay. And so it's like, I I see this loss, and by no means did V1 look like they were bad or that they were okay. having a bad day. Um, it honestly, like, Luminosity just happened to have, you know, the better guns. The rounds were kind of going better this way. Like, V1 was on the back foot economy-wise a lot of the time. Um they just honestly, Luminosity had their number a lot of the time, and they were just outgunning them, um, out-utilizing them. And sometimes that's just how series go. Yeah. And, like, these series were close in some aspects. You know, Bind did go 10-13. to 13. That's not completely, like, a tie, but, you know, it's clearly one-sided that both teams were really showing up CT side, just luminosity happened to have one more of the attack rounds than uh v1 ever did Mm. um you know v1 still shows that they're very good on ascent like i i think they're honestly probably one of the better teams in na when it comes to that map Mm -hmm. um and they're still using astro and everything on it so they're showing that even despite the meta they can still succeed in that aspect yeah Um, agreed and then Fracture, you know, it went 13-15. It wasn't, you wow. know, it, it went overtime. And you can see these rounds. I'm showing it up on the screen to McCoy right now. But, like, these rounds were very back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. it's two rounds versus one round. It was by no means one team absolutely dumpstering the other. Mm. Um, 
so you know it was it was some good valorant it was awesome to see but it just made me really worried when luminosity went forward because i'm just like what if luminosity happens to be like one of our like i'm like i don't feel comfortable about that at all i know (laughs) i know it's crazy. I mean, it's like, crazy. Like I, I think I've said before in the past. Like I'm, I'm all for an underdog, but it needs to be an underdog who has proven to me that they deserve to be because they're innovative in their own sense. And to me, it was like Luminosity was the better team. They played very well, but it was by no means them proving to me like we are the best. Like yeah. we deserve to be here. It was more like yeah we just prepped well and i'm like good for you now how do you do that versus the guard oh exactly you lose that's what i was gonna say okay because that's the perfect segue right is like let's go to an underdog team that has proven themselves who's dumpsters luminosity the guard <laughs> like right right the guard who has proven themselves time and time yeah. again i mean we'll talk about the other upset for quarterfinals guard just 2-0 sentinels mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not only that but the last map 13-1 on Icebox oh, for the guard. Yeah, I forgot about this. Fucking hell, Did dude. you watch yes, this I did, game? Yeah. I have never seen a more tilted Sentinels, I yeah, think, yeah. in my life. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was really, really bad to watch. And I actually, like, the sad thing is, like, I, I was excited, actually, because, like, Shazam was on Chamber, and I was like, this is cool. Shazam can have some real value because he looked really good um, just in mm-hmm. general, and he looks great in the next series, too. Like, really good um and i was like i want this guy to show that he can fucking still kill people bro i'm tired of him like supporting so hard that's just my personal opinion because maybe i'm just a bit of a fan but well because we watch him in solo queue and he jet and chambers the whole yeah time. and dumpsters yeah, people so. and he's a momentum player like he 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 doesn't get to have his momentum when he's playing these support characters that have no momentum <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like right. he can get you picked anyways i don't know um but the moral of the story though is that like he does that and a couple things don't go his way right away, but they're pretty close and they're kind of, quote, a little unlucky, right, in the classic way you'd feel. And then just, I mean, devastation. It all just falls apart. It's just gone. Not, just nothing. God. Yeah, I mean, like, for one thing, like, Saya player, like, popped off on the guard, which, you know, when, you're, when your team's jet pops off, like, you're going to do well, sure. Um, but then also at the same time, just, like, the guard actually looked like a team. Like, they were playing off of each other so well. They were, yeah. you know, using their utility correctly. They were, like, not peeking when they need to. Sentinels just honestly didn't look more like a solo queue team than I've ever seen before in my yeah. life. Of just people just going out by themselves and just dying. <laughs> they would just drop everywhere on the map in isolated places. Absolutely right. Yeah, they played solo queue on this like, last map and they got fucking oh. destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. So so people talk about this nonstop in CS about this concept about like matchmaking solo queue is nothing like they talk about it in Valorant too. But like they say like a good team that's playing teamwork versus like a team that isn't, it's night and day. And like I feel like you kinda you saw it here. Like a team that, that's this cohesive you can't beat by yourself unless you literally destroy them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like tens has to kill everyone. Like literally everyone. He has to get three Ks. Then it's fine. Right. But like that's not a win condition that, that, that you can rely on. Let's put it that way. 
it's one you can have no. sometimes, but not all the time. And yeah, they they shut him down they did. like every every single round it seemed. Like you, you see the score line right here, but Tensley had three kills the entire game. Yeah. Which is just arguably it's not the worst performance of the other players on his team but like i don't know it's just i think with one one story with sentinels and i think it actually plays into my whole thing about inconsistent teams making it is like sentinels then goes to this lower bracket and they are versus v1 mm. and people are like okay boys this is where the run starts and i'm just like to be honest i don't want sentinels to make it, it. That's what Shazam said. He yeah. said. He's literally said they don't deserve it. I think that's the most honest thing. It's true. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, you know, props to him for recognizing that. But it was just one of those things of, like, V1 versus Sentinels. We can talk about it now. Yeah. It was a banger series. Dude, it was so very good. fun to watch. So good. It was very good Valorant. Yes. You know, we had both teams just pulling out insane clutches on one another. Teams, like, Sentinels actually looked like they were playing as a team they look great like it looked like they had a plan yeah and it was great yeah. now arguably i would also say tense was popping off yeah. which is a big factor for their win condition and while i agree it's a good win condition it's a very unstable one because yeah. all you need is a team that just avoids him and goes to other bomb sites where he's not there or like or utilities him you have him or, just yeah yep exactly no 100 and it's like ugh. sorry go ahead oh no i was just gonna say like i feel like it would just be a situation if sentinels made it to iceland where they would just get knocked out in the group stages again yeah like the amount of hopium that one person which is another <laughs> phrase right that's a term i hate <laughs> I, I think hopium I, I really don't like copium but i guess I, it's all right <laughs> I, I i think they both serve a really excellent purpose which is to describe, like, like I think this entire format and everything that Riot does is to serve all of the region's hopium. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they're like, you're going to have two teams and maybe they'll do good. Who knows? And, like, that's what literally all the analysts have been talking about all the podcasts now. It's so funny because they're just like, we literally haven't seen international competition for so long that we literally don't even know how good these teams are. We are just sitting in some weird shadow realm where we're like, okay, so if this other NA team looks good then maybe that means that the team that beat them is good like you know you're because you just literally don't know you don't have any like baseline <laughs> um and so yeah i feel like i've been driven totally crazy but yeah like unless you're saying like sentinels okay they literally become the mythical sentinels team that they used to be right and i think honestly that's really overhyped but like okay they hit an incredible peak, an incredible peak, one that I think they should be really, truly proud of for the rest of their life. However, it was never consistent at that peak, ever. And so then to people for to just be like, I can't wait for them to go back there. It's like, they've never been back there. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. That was like, that was the one-off. Um, so like, unless you think they go back there and that's some real hopium shit to think that they're going back there. If you're even being like somewhat realistic, it's like, look, even if they get a bunch of gears better, which they definitely fucking did, and good for them for that. Um, but even if they did that and went a couple more gears, they're still not at the right place. Like, and the mm -hmm. fact that like it could fall apart at any time, 
Like you don't want that for your team. That's kind of what you're going to do. You don't, you don't want them to represent if they, they go back to the old Sentinels because it's like, they didn't, you know, something tilts them, tens gets off an unlucky start. They freak out. Like they're just going to bomb out. It's going to be brutal. Like nobody wants to see that. Mm-hmm. So exactly. And to, and to, and to take V one down in order to see that is not <laughs> what people want to right. see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if they took out knights, I guess, right. like, it'd be a different story, I right? suppose. But I think it was just because already a team that has proven themselves to be top tier in V1 just happens to find themselves in the lower, in the losing bracket. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was just one of those things where it's like, I better see V1 make it out of this. But only one um, of V1 Cloud9 gets to make it out. So this is the big story now. So I guess on the other side of the bracket, Optic Gaming, you know, Optic Buff activated. They're playing like a team. They've, you know, made it to that upper final Mm -hmm. against the guard. That's going to be a hard one for me to watch Mm because I like both teams a lot. And it's like, I want the underdog to win, but also like, I like Optic. I wouldn't mind if they won either. I feel like it's going to be the same as like Champions this past year, we're all wear a t-shirt that's like optic plus guard. Like both of you guys win, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just think it's, it's too few teams. I, I just like I, the number is just too small for the amount of teams that are good. Cause like, we were never gonna be happy. They were gonna torture us no matter what. There was gonna be heartbreak in this bracket. Exactly. Oh. So that's the first heartbreak that's happening mm-hmm. there. But then the second one, and I think it's the most unexpected matchup just in terms of how soon it is happening is cloud nine versus v1 which is happening in lower round two um because what that means is that one of those teams one of those teams that were undefeated going into this playoff run is not gonna make it to iceland yeah between cloud nine and v1 and that's just a bummer mm-hmm. and it's just it's like where you really hope like why isn't there three like why can't we bring three i know and it's literally because at the end of the day they lost one best of three each yeah that's that's literally the reality that they find themselves in is that like all the hard work winning all of those games that they did it gets them seeding. So, like, what's the answer? Double elimination would be better <sighs> well, for Well, so this? this is double elimination. Um, I guess. Well, okay, so triple I know, I know. How many? Exactly. <laughs> let's go, let's go. Quadruple eliminate? I don't know. Oh, God. To me, it would actually be, like, I think it would be, like, group stage, like, more, like, condensed together and then not for, like, seeding. Like, group stage to, like, eliminate each other. Um like, and, and have more than two at the end. Because it's, like, ideally to me, bro, okay, if you really want to go crazy, ideally this would be, like, an international tournament and there would be other teams here, too. And we get to see them. Um, that, that would <laughs> right. be, like, my dream. Because then it would be, like, all these teams can make a run. Like, the guards making a run no matter what, like, like system you put them in. So, like, I would put them in, I, I would see the international commission, like, right now. Like, I think they could be facing Team Liquid, like, right now. Um so i don't know like and and i was thinking about this the other day because i was like shit like how well do i really know the cs tournament format i don't really know it that well um but i just know that like there were more than two teams from a region that would show up somehow (laughs) in these tournaments and i'm just like sitting there like okay that might be a magic box to me but like can we do that somehow (laughs) like i don't know how we do it but just like please um 
because yeah because like these teams feel strong and i'd like to see all of them tested versus the larger field because i think so basically like they're put against each other okay so one of them has to beat the other one but if you put everyone against everyone then it's like more of a concept it's not perfect but more of like skill is what differentiates you like above everyone like there's more people you can fight in there essentially there's more bad people you can run into and so it's like all of the regions are eliminating each other's bad people if that makes sense um Mm -hmm. anyways i don't fucking know bro i just i just right just put a band-aid on it invite the guys just invite them just (laughs) just send them you've changed our bracket before like you're not afraid (laughs) like (laughs) some like automatic qualification for going 5-0 in groups that's like contingent there we go because like they didn't even get like what did they even really really seriously get for this past month and a half of just being dominant they got okay they got our eyeballs they got our our cred uh respect from the community and they got seeding which did help them all a little bit i mean it didn't help v1 (laughs) yeah unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately i don't know it's sad I I think this is devastating. How happy is Elena though that Vanity might not make it to Iceland? Dude, we were talking about this um, because this other podcast I was mentioning, and we're just gonna steal other points because, dude, they're just interesting talking points. Um, and it's not steal; it's collaborate. Although we're not collaborating, so I guess it's really not that. But it's something else that was said nicely, like I just said that. Um, it's sharing the knowledge, right? It's growing to the scene together. Perfect. Um, but they're talking about MVP. Like, who is MVP right now? And I was sitting there like, I think if we're talking about most valuable player, there's a lot of ways you can slice that. And some people were slicing it like jet player style. Do you know what I mean? Like who's putting up the most numbers? Like, is it yay? Um, But I was sitting there like, I think one of the ways you can look at this equation is the most valuable player so far to me in NA might be Vanity. Like, think about what he has done to the teams that he has been on. Like, unbelievable. Right, but your MVP is for the split, though. Okay, interesting. I don't know how much you can... Like, I would argue Xander's in that conversation. Mm -hmm. He probably is. He probably is. I don't know. But, but, I mean, I I would agree. Like, I feel like Vanity's name being in that pool makes sense, for sure. Yeah. Who's MVP to you right now? Just random question. Xander? Xander hands down to me. Wow. Xander, huh? I don't I I honestly think how V1 has looked with this new IGL in Xander but not to mention just the like insane clutches that he's been able to produce yeah. but also just like how coordinated V1 looked regular season yeah. like I and also just like the testament of like his teammates saying like he's been great he's been awesome to work with like I honestly think that has tremendous value That's sick. um and it's awesome to see. It's not sick. It's Xander. How dare you? Like, you think that's funny, too. Yeah, you think that's funny, too. Do. It doesn't even fucking rhyme. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. No, but I agree, man. Uh, talk about an underperformer. This, this A sick? Uh, I, yeah. Dude. I don't know. Sick's I, a weird player. I, I, at, least for, <laughs> at least for playoffs, I haven't seen him really do anything. Like, really crazy? Of note. I mean, like, the V1 Sentinel series, but I think that's because collectively Sentinels as a team looked great, so therefore he looked great. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just seem to always recall, like, him, like, having more clutches and more, like, breakout moments in games than he has this year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. I mean, I honestly, like, 
he looked yeah rejuvenated but like certainly not like i think like zoms looked way better than i've seen him before and i was like <laughs> oh um and i thought like that same with shazam same with shazam i was like the, and i think even dapper to be honest like it was just like a lot of people like really found like another gear and it was like really cool to watch but sick pro- i don't yeah i didn't really like he didn't really stand out I'm sure he was good mm-hmm. he's a we- he's a weird 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 player like and i i truly do not know whether he is like good or how good or like to what degree because his play style is so strange to me he's like slow sense duelist but then not always like super aggressive necessarily like he's i feel like he's one of those things that like he probably makes sense in the context of their team let's put it that way like he's probably like a teammate that makes sense to everyone but i would just say like as a like a role that we traditionally think of and we think of other people that play similar like i don't really know anyone who plays like him really Mm -hmm. and so that's actually cool so he's unique in that way that's cool um but it's like like what the fuck is he supposed to do like i don't even know his wind conditions really i'm like what are you doing sick like (laughs) like he's like flash people with sky and shit like okay that sounds good like but he's not zeppa like dude okay i i will say like i do think some people from like cloud nine in particular like like zeppa specifically he's interesting to me but i feel like he's really shown some great like like just aggressive like taking space and i think a lot of people today have been doing that like on a lot of different teams like victor man for example um but it's just this like role of like you're not the first person in necessarily it's not like you literally take the first duel like tens does every time it's not that but it's like you're not chilling though you're like really Mm -hmm. fucking taking space and like there's a great clip where he's like playing on breeze and he's attacking b as ko and he like gets all the way up to the arches and like here's a sova drone and like runs through and kills two people like first the person defending sova then sova and you're looking at that and you're thinking like i've played so many games on this map on this site and people rarely have the confidence to go take that much space and take that fight and look at how well it's paying off like and the thing is like he gets the kills which is really great but the other thing he does is like he stalls them way further out in their own territory so the round it took it takes so much time for him to make that play so it's just like i've just been like really impressed with that and i just feel like it's i'm not sure if he's like the best player ever but his willingness to do what it takes to actually win his confidence to like go out there and die i think is is awesome it's awesome to watch mm-hmm. um and then and i think that's one of the things that people criticize hiko for and obviously it's very different roles and i think that's like kind of people get confused in the roles a little bit too because it's like it's not super fair like hiko's trying to stay alive longer intentionally but it is truly beautiful to watch a player who's willing to die like for the cause as part of the entry pack and i think it's like such a great quality um to have in your entry pack Mm -hmm. like your number two number three out such a good quality um what do you think of leaf though because people were literally talking like leaf best na i was like leaf best na He's good. He's great, but best than A? I mean, I think I, I honestly I I think it's kind of a syndrome that happens when a good jet player does some crazy shit. 
Like, yeah. I think Leaf is a good player yeah. for yeah. sure. But I do think that people as a whole are heavily biased towards these crazy, insane fraggers. Yep. Um, so it's like, I, I do agree, like, Leaf is a good player. But again, for me, it's all about the consistency. He plays a very volatile role just in the sense that he will dash in and he either gets three picks or dies. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%, 100%. And so it's like, I don't know, like, I, I, I always hear all the time how great Leaf is, but, like, I always feel when I end up watching him, I just see him honestly dash in and, and die, die like, a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, and, and the thing is, I've seen him pop off. I know how good he can be. I guess just when it comes to my enjoyment as a viewer, I just appreciate the consistency more. So, like, to me, I don't think Leaf is the best in NA at all. But that's also just because I think the best is such a weird definition to put in a game like this when there are so many other, like, roles. It's kind of the same with, like, League, actually, where it's just, like, who usually gets, like, called the greatest of all time mid laners right. or 80 right. carries and it's like you never you don't hear about supports getting like you, you hear about famous supports but they don't nearly get the notoriety as people yeah. who kill yeah, 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 yeah. there's yeah and agreed. so it's just yeah it, it's always been a narrative in esports it's always going to be a metric i feel mm -hmm. um it's just not my metric i think that's where i'm gonna I guess end that. But that's why fucking Xander is the total package to root for right now for MVP because it's like he what? has the highlight clips, okay? So then people have started paying attention, but he also has killer IGLing. He also has killer like rep from his team. Like and he's playing a role that everyone can agree that like well, if it was like you had a really skilled person in this role, that'd just be really great. Like that would just make a team better. Like that's what all smokers are saying. Right. All these fucking washed up Counter-Strike players like myself. Um, I'm just sitting there like, dude, you have no idea. Like this shit that I'm doing is easy. We can teach this to monkeys. Like smoking's not that hard. Like, like it just takes a little bit of practice. And like these motherfuckers, like that you're looking and watching playing the game, like you could teach them how to play smokes. But imagine if they could aim insane and do smokes bro mm -hmm. it's just like mind-blowing the value right <laughs> so like he's all that all that together so yeah okay good shout good shout for him for sure i think like you made a good case mm -hmm. i agree that's cool i want to watch him more i haven't watched him that much i i really you know it's 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 sad to admit although it's not that sad when you understand the reality of how many fucking games i've watched um but i haven't seen that much v1 all things considered mm -hmm. um and i think it's because I've, yeah. I've seen some certainly but it's like i've always seen them through the lens of like i've been watching the other team do you know what i'm saying right and so my, my like my understanding of them is clearly far less and i feel like it is finally deserving that they get like they have beyond earned a game watched from their perspective exclusively and i i feel like that's next on the table for me because just like okay people say these guys are amazing they say the utility is amazing let's see it like let's really dive into it because like that's exciting that's so cool. Like, what a what a great story for them. Um, problem though is, it, is it gonna be the next one? Like, am I gonna see the C9 V1 one from the perspective of V1? Maybe, if only in his heckling vanity, then, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, like I think about it, and I 
think I want to opt for V1 for that series, if I'm being honest. Yeah. It's it's very hard, but I think like in terms of teams that I like better, it might have to be V one. Yeah. But then, okay, so um, I hear you. But yeah, but that's bias. And and I'm, but I'm biased too, though. And that that's the thing is because like, I think you have every right to be biased about that and be like, I like this team more. That's totally. First of all, this is a fan podcast. We can do the fuck we want. But the thing is, my <laughs> fanness acts differently. Where it's like, I want to reward cloud nine for just now listen and i'm not saying this is obviously again this, this is a battle of the best here so someone's gonna have to lose um but like cloud nine has done so much work to keep their form high to keep their strategies innovative to like even define the meta to like just like they've just continually tried i think super hard like model professionals model <laughs> team and they've deserved all the consistency and literally no other team that was initially in the conversation, like the in terms of the international conversation, except for maybe V1, but I don't think people knew V1 was going to be this good. But like literally like out of the teams that you cared about, like Sentinels goes crazy and consistent, if not bad. Like Optic is really shaky, really mm-hmm. shaky compared to, you want Optic to look like Cloud9 does. You know what I mean? I do, right? right? And like... So then I want to reward them for that, for fuck's sake, because that's hard as fuck to do, and no one else could do it. Um, but, fuck. I mean, if V1 beats them, V1 beats them. That's the end. I mean, at this point, it's almost like, hey, play the game. Uh, you know, you guys decide. It's in your court. Like, fuck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> we'll see how it pans out. Yeah. So let's talk about Optic a little bit. I feel like just because, like, they here, – here's my question to you. I'm going to pose, I'm gonna pose the question – and you, it's going to, like, bring some narrative in, and you can decide whether you want to run with it or not. But, like, basically, okay. okay. So I've been thinking back about, like, different interviews I've heard over the years about player strategy when it comes to league formats. And a lot of people talk about peaking at the right time, where they say it's mm-hmm. nice to be good at groups, um, but the problem is if you're trying your absolute hardest during groups, you're going to burn yourself out. Like, you need to, in order to hit that absolute top gear that takes you to like top of the world championship level, you have to burn yourself out basically. And so that's not good for a league format. So some people believe you should basically kind of chill during this as if it was off time, but you can't chill too much because then you'll lose and you don't get a chance. So you have to be good enough, but it's that playoffs buff, that world's buff people are talking about. It's like people that really hit another gear at this time. So we have very small sample size here. Very small. But Optic showed the fuck up versus Cloud9. Mm-hmm. And so is yep. this them on a new trajectory or is this a shot into the sky? You know what I mean? That's going to come right back down. I mean, I think Optic has proven in the past that they do get this, you know, aforementioned world's buff mm. that happens. You know, they they did make it very far in Master. They made it to the finals, actually, in Masters yeah. 3 last year um they didn't end up doing so well in championships but i mean one player had covid like there was a lot of extenuating circumstances that i think like are worth mentioning when it comes to that record i think i think they're like Um, permanent i like to me they're like they are that record i think right and so it's just i i think they honestly just know when they need to start like 
yeah, they like need to have something to play for that's not a winning record. It seems to me like they need to have a match that counts for something. They need to have their backs up against the wall before they start like being able to show up. Okay. Yeah. Um, I can see that. That's kind of what I've been seeing with the very, like, like you said, very small sample size that we have. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think you're on it, man. The, the, the thing is that like, that's a little bit of hopium though. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it is a little bit, like, or like a lot of it. But it's hopium <laughs> like, that I'm like happily snorting. What do you even do with hopium? Um, huffing. <laughs> like, you cope with it. You 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 hope with your copium. I I don't know. Yeah, hoping. <laughs> ah, that is. This really did not need to be as ironed out as we just got there. But yeah, like, um, no. But seriously, like, but I I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, and I'm partially just with you because that's the world I want to believe in. But also. I think you did a really good job there at zooming out a little bit back to the world stage. And it's been so hard for me personally to do that as we've been in the fucking trenches for so long. <laughs> but on the world stage. It certainly seems that right? way. Like for fuck's sake, dude, it's actually killing me. It's actually killing me. I'm honest, <laughs> honestly, dude, it is actually killing me because it's, it just feels like I got like robbed, like of, of good valor. And, and then of course I turn on, EU and I'm like, oh yeah, they have it good over there at least, but that's nice. Um, but that being said, okay, I'm talking shit. Um, to be fair though, the games have been really good so far um, in this playoff because like it feels like mm -hmm. now we're here. I thought now we're here at the start of the season, and I think we both thought that. And I now feel very strongly now we're here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, it begs the question of like, kind of, it sounds really negative, but like, what is the point of group stage? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because I felt like group stage is just a lot of teams. I mean, rightfully so, but it's like they experiment with a lot of stuff. There's a lot of like ifs. And like they do try to tout this narrative of like, this is how good this team is or this is how bad this team is. And it's like, wait until there's actually a championship to fight right. for. Like group stage, yes, there's technically that qualifying. They can't, they can't necessarily sleep through it. But I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. I felt like a lot of teams like either had the excuse of like we're experimenting or like we don't want to reveal our strats right. or like, oh, this game doesn't matter to us. So like we're good. Yeah. Like a lot of the a lot of the uh, last games of group stage, like week right. five. Hell, I don't think we even had a podcast <laughs> about it. We skipped that week. <laughs> but that was but that was honestly because a lot of teams were locked in at that point. And like the teams that weren't locked in, like accepted their fate that they weren't locked in and they were just like, Yeah, man, we're just gonna like, you know, look look towards next year, I guess. Yeah. Like, let's just have some fun. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like kind of what's the point and then like this playoff stage happens and now it's just like oh wait oh shit this is how these teams play now like this is what they mean by this yeah. um and it's exciting it's it's thrilling to watch i just want more yeah it, it. it doesn't have to be it, it could be more of this it could so, so we were talking about formats and i don't know i'm like literally spitballing but you see how this is like four like this is a mini tournament right here like there's four like teams or i guess matches four matches eight teams right just double this yep. right why don't you just double this and then take four people instead of two like and then you don't even have to play group stages at all you could do that shit over a week like 
they don't have to play like for like a gajillion years in a meta that doesn't matter <laughs> while they're losing their like will to live <laughs> you know what i mean they're just like slow right. like the light exactly. is just draining out of all of their their magical player souls right like <laughs> and i think it's so i think the answer honestly is very simple and i think it is watch time the metric um yeah and that is the saddest thing to define this by in my opinion um yeah, but that's that's king for Riot. I mean, mm-hmm. they they like to pride themselves off of how much they can get per week. Yeah, but the thing is, man, like, don't you think it kind of kills the excitement for the esport? Like, I think it does, cause like, I understand that like they're getting more of my eyeballs, but I think they're getting less of my excitement, cause it's like. Do you remember the world competitions or like the whatever, like the champions and shit, like all these international competitions that we had like last year? It was fucking hype. Mm-hmm. And like we could have had two of those by now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that would I think that would have been more hype. So the thing is, like, I think you're like, okay, watch time is kind of like is definitely how they get paid. So that's why they care, by the way. Okay, that's like the most outer that we should absolutely state. It's how they get fucking paid. But like it's also the sign similar to signing into their store, right? It's like a sign of like health. People would think of it, but I think the real sign of health is like excitement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're generating hype ass shit, then people are going to show up and like, and so if you, and this is the main problem. If you take over their whole fucking life calendar wise, like, dude, we are doing like fucking triple overtime. <laughs> to fucking watch all this shit and it's like these people at home must also feel that way like fuck have you been watching all this shit like how do you accept that into your soul um for this long and so keep in mind this is also like it's hitting analysts because then they have trouble watching other regions because there's so much games they have to watch for their own region and so then they don't come necessarily prepared but i don't know it's just it's just been so much and like i feel like they could have and maybe it's not measurable but there's like a tangible human feeling in the air of like if they gave us a bunch of weekends to just chill live our own life and then they're like this one though international competition get hype like fuck you know what i'm saying like then you clear your calendar yeah. and you're ready do you know what i'm saying yeah so it's like not necessarily like the watch number but it's as much as like the metric of like engaged interest yeah. because like yeah, it's like watching a world championship. It's like I'm watching every game and I'm watching every game closely. Yeah. Like this series, like we do our best to try to like get like try to gauge as much as we can, but like a lot of these games I have on like pseudo in the background like as I'm multitasking yeah. just cuz I don't have the time in my schedule to sit down and 100% dedicate 100% of my energy into watching this game being able to see the intricacies the utility right. usage the right. movement right. like it's it's impossible it to do that and and honestly like i've seen i've seen analysts complain about this a little bit like not necessarily complain but like they they talk about how like oh man i was supposed to watch like x and x y and z this weekend but like i was just so busy trying to catch up with everything na related so like i never got around to it so we don't really know how good they are we'll try to like we'll try to catch up next week and let you guys know what we think about it and it's like next week comes around and like 25 news stories drop at that point so they're just like okay well fuck we can't talk about that anymore we got to talk about this now and it's i think with like the fast-paced like information 
like I don't know with with how fast paced and how accessible everything is like just not even just in esports but just in life it's a format like this is just getting harder and harder to actually like keep straight and understand and I actually think I mean like maybe I'm reading too much on this I don't think they intend for people to keep this straight or even understand it like and that sounds silly but I I I think they're just trying to like like essentially shotgun or like i don't know like fire hose just valorant esports like just over the fucking calendar and they they are just okay with the fact that you won't be able to see it all and so there's just always going to be interesting shit you're missing and i feel like that's such a like a dangerous thing to do because then like i feel like you have such a hard time following like i felt like before this podcast started I felt like I had actually seen all, essentially all of the relevant Valorant that had ever been played. And I'm now like, <laughs> I really don't feel that way. But I think the reason is because <laughs> I'm treating this as relevant Valorant. But I'm kind of seeing like, is it? Like, does anything that we just watched really actually matter? Or does it all start now? And it's like, right i don't know right but like because the thing is right okay so let's say you're watching these games in the background right and you might be like feeling a little bit like ashamed about it like shit i wish i could like watching all this amazing utility usage that they're talking about that v1's doing and it's like but the thing is if so many teams are like hiding strats right and hiding setups and stuff you are in essence a lot of times just seeing some solo queue ass solo queue shit out there because they're trying to hide their strats and so if you were to sit down and dedicate all your time to it it would not deliver an experience worthy of your analysis. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. No, that makes sense for sure. I I think I think there's this misconception that maybe something that Riot thinks where they think that people are only going to want to watch their team play and nothing I see. else. Like traditional sport model of like, hey, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, basically all 100T people are going to be like I'm here to watch the one 100T game that happens this weekend and nothing else. Like, that is all I shall watch. And that might be true for some fans. Like, maybe to, like, the diehards who just refuse to watch anything. But I think if you truly want to, like, gauge, like, how healthy your scene is it's like you have to be watching these other teams you have to be keeping notes on you know this is how we get those underdog stories of like man these these guard people they're really good like can they can they keep it up they weren't on my radar before but are they are they now it's how a lot of these esports can like grow their brands and their notoriety that way is by having people like they, they need to be able to like obtain those people i guess yeah and it's just get it, it gets hard do you think this is analysis based like do you think they just recognized at some point that like that each of these orgs and teams and stuff have their own fan base like and it's not everyone but it's like maybe it's the majority like of people are just fans of a particular team and just want to just watch that shit and then it's like why they do literally everything to make sure the teams they like are in their tournament but like is that, is that just the majority of what they see? Like, or like, is that the majority of the audience are going for? Cause it feels like a very intentional thing of like, wait, 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 we did some analysis and we figured out that like the people who watch hundred thieves, 
don't watch V1 or something like that. And then they were like, we could just schedule these back to back, like, like literally on at the same time. And we would not really lose any viewership. Like, do you think that that's the conversation they're having in their head of like separating that out and thinking like, okay, so we can schedule whatever the fuck we want. They, these games should be going on all the time because we're only hitting each fan base like once or twice, like in a given period of time. And that's like super re- like maybe that's maybe <sighs> I, I don't know. Cause for the people who really love the scene like us and like the analyst desk and talent and shit, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> How am I supposed to do this? Shit's hard, yeah. bro. <laughs> I love, like, I love it too because it's like, I think it's just important to talk about it. Cause like, if you sit there and you're like, these people on this amateur podcast, those fucking hacks, bro, they never even had enough time. It's like, okay, first of all, you're welcome to that opinion. But the thing is, if you think those other talent aren't struggling, you're fucking lost. Like, cause th- whether or not they talk about it is up to whether or not they want to put that on their brand. But I've heard a lot of people talk about it. And I think you want to get the narrative out because otherwise you're going to find weird inconsistencies with the talent where it just all of a sudden it feels like they don't know what they're talking about on on us. Like when you're asking them a random question about a team or you're especially asking about another region. And it's like, you have to think about it. Like that's obviously to some degree, their responsibility to figure out. But ultimately like what we're trying to explain is it's fucking a lot. It's a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. And uh, I I personally would not blame talent for not being able to follow it because it's, um, I I like talent that specializes in depth. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they, they would take one series right. and they could spend an entire week dissecting it. And those people are literally dead on arrival with this level of water hose of games. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't really like end on one series to i don't know you you can't really like dwell on one series too long when you've got every single game to cover like i i I don't know i feel like that's that's a an issue with a lot of other content from valorant that i consume where it's like i will hear them talk about a series and there will be some really good discussion going on. I'm like, yes, like, let's talk more about, like, what might have gone right or wrong in this mm. game. And then they're like, well, we've got no time. We've got to move on <laughs> to the next series because we don't want to be. And I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, like, ultimately, like, why we personally wanted to start this podcast. But I think we've also found that it's been very hard to try and... Yeah to try and do this because originally going into this podcast we were like okay we're gonna pick one series a week watch it intently and talk about that series in length but i think as it goes on it's just like you you watch one series and sure we talk about that one series in length as much as we can but Mm -hmm. then you start kind of dabbling in some other series and you're like "Hmm, maybe you should check this one out while you're at it or like maybe you should catch this one and it just starts piling up after a bit. And like, we by no means covered the entire scene. Like I could not tell you what the, um, I could not tell you what the Knights exit game was this weekend. Cause I didn't watch that shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I'm sure there's some other talk show that can tell you exactly how that worked and which players like really were like stars out in that one. But look for the bags under their eyes, bro. Like, are they getting enough sleep? Like, (laughs) these are the questions you want to ask. No, dude, a hundred percent. And it's like, I think it's maybe just like 
because we're old school esports watchers, but dude, like, it used to be attainable to watch an entire scene, and I would say it was incredibly satisfying to do so. Like, you would just know what's going on, and you didn't need to, like, be the most in-depth analyst in the world, but, like, you watched the shit that mattered. So then, like, I think that's it's up to us to decide as we go forward. You know what I mean? Like, what... Mm-hmm what is important right like and we can sit here and have that discussion or maybe we have it off air to be honest or maybe we have it on air who the fuck knows <laughs> but it's like i think we need to look back at this group stage and think to ourselves like holy fuck that was a lot and for for what <laughs> and i think we're gonna find out we've got more I know. <laughs> <laughs> fuck i can't be doing this valorant bullshit man especially they're not even playing each other they're playing in na i don't even want this um yeah 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 absolutely no absolutely um the other thing that I want to mention quickly, and I feel like you probably relate to this. You may not have like thought of this exactly until I'm saying it, or maybe you already have, but like the other thing that happens when there's this much esports on is that there's only so many like ways that you can like run a broadcast and like run a game and like cast and like it's not okay. There's many different ways you can cast, there's many different ways you can do all this, but like there's only so many ways one person can actually like do and when it's a game that doesn't matter and they're trying to bring excitement to it it's like it's kind of impossible if that makes sense and i think it really Mm -hmm. shows like a really dark side of the scene where it's like people are trying to be like this is awesome you should watch this and it's like some game between teams you've never heard of and they're like trying to make it interesting or like an, they're trying to make the case like a, a zero and seven team is going to like fucking upset this like nine and oh team. You know, it's just like, it's just sad. I think like to, to listen to these people talk for, to force them to put this many hours out on this content. Do you know what I'm saying? Like analyzing this, these types of games, jumping back and forth between storylines, like all that stuff. It's just, it mm-hmm. just feels a bit rote. Do you know what I mean? It feels because it feels too elongated, like for them to even hand. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? No, agreed. Like, one hundred percent. I th- I think it also perpetuates just a lot of, I don't know, a lot of false hype and a lot of false narratives with a lot of teams where it's just like, I don't know, like. I, I don't mean to be shady towards them, but it's just like when I hear hype stories about evil geniuses and like, can they like, you know, get another win under their belt? And I'm just like, Why no. is it Kermit the Frog that's telling Stop. you this? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're right though. You're fucking, no, you're absolutely right. And it's just like, honestly, like, I, sorry, it really did sound like, yeah, listen back to that. It really did. <laughs> Holy fuck. I, I did not hear it. <laughs> Yeah, man, it was good. It was good. It was good. Um, but no, I, I I agree. I agree. It, it it's just there's 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 so much, man. There's so much. It's it's killing me. I don't know. It's like making me lose my mind, to be honest. Like I feel like I have, I've lost my mind, and like I think a lot mm-hmm. of talent have too. So okay, here's something I wanted to bring up though. Okay, random okay. non sequitur. But I've been thinking a lot about NA talent, right? And about just, like, talent in general for Valorant. You know, a lot of them are either, like, from this scene and they have just, like, a an intense... Oh, okay, first of all, I think everyone in this scene has an intense love for the game. I think that's just fair. Because it's, like, right now there mm-hmm. isn't really reasons to be here, if not. Like, and not for this long. Yeah. I don't think. Um, and so, like, fair. Um, but then there's a lot of, like, say, like, this is a 
potentially a mean way to put it, but like runoff from other scenes, like people that didn't end up being the tier one in other scenes and they've come over here. Um, and it's just like, I guess I, just, <laughs> I love how I was like setting all of that up just to like actually not really remember where I was going with that. Something about talent, but dude, I don't know. It's We've been going forever, bro. We're just like fucking here chilling. Cause dude, okay. We love fucking Valorant. Okay. We love it. All right. It's been brutal to watch. Hot, Hot take. <laughs> it's been brutal. Um, okay. Here's what I was saying. Got it back. Great. Um, all right. We talked about this a little bit, but the in-person versus webcam experience of the broadcast, it's like, keep in mind, I think if you're honest with this broadcast talent pool, it's not tier one your esports people yet. Um, I hope that they grow, but it's like it's mostly a small scene. They're mostly doing like online stuff. Um, and so a lot of their skills, I would say, are like less than like, you know, storied League Legends. Of course, like like veterans. And of course they are. That's great. That's what you want. You want someone to be better for having done things longer. Like you want Dash to be credible, right? But do you mm -hmm. think there was a golden chalice here for the NA talent? Here's what I mean. Some of them can probably shine a lot better than they can right now, but are getting absolutely crippled by the, the just essentially the input lag of the technology. Do you know what I mean? The whole broadcast is run on this fucking Skype call like it's a fucking meeting at Microsoft. And I, I really do think that means some people that we in our heads, perhaps meanly and maybe something we'd only say to ourselves, would say something like, I don't think that guy's that good. Right? Like you like think of a caster and you're like, I don't know if they're that good. And it's like, maybe they are hella good, but they literally can't show it because of how crippling the technology is to them. So I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, is NA this poison chalice? Because these are all these first impressions for all of their those talent people are done in these conditions. And some of them will mm -hmm. fail in these conditions without either, even getting a chance to to do it for real. And like that's so I don't know, but like do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of dangerous that they they went out and did it in the in this you know the Skype version of the world, just because we're gonna form our opinion. Like do you know what I'm saying? Like like have you ever thought about that when you're thinking about talent? Like should have. Oh no, I think there's there's some bias that I have with certain casters. Like and it sounds really stingy, but like something as simple as like mic quality. Right. right. Like I will listen to. I don't know. I, I think about like a, a duo like Pansy and Hypoc. I sing their praises. Yeah, I know, right. but like I don't know. They both have. I mean, Hypoc's internet lately has been acting up, and it's been a meme just because whenever there's a tech pause, they're like, "Oh, god damn it, Hypoc." But anyway, <laughs> but like they they both have very good quality yep. mics, and also they're just very good at what they do, and also like it's one of those things where they've had the experience in person before, so they they've been able to make the transition to Skype very well and they have the equipment to do so. So you listen to them online and you're like, this this is as good as it's going to get. We got to see them cast in person at uh, Champions. It was great there as well. They did even like better because they're actually yeah. in person. But like a lot of the, especially the newer talent coming up, especially in NA, it's like you hear them they get to cast for the very first time and this is the settings in which they are casting for the first time and so you do get a lot of those hiccups such as like pausing because there's like lag in yep. uh the yep. audio a little bit or like maybe their mic quality is not yep. as good and 
unfortunately for me, like it does make notes where I'm like, uh, I don't really like this guy yeah. casting as yeah. much just because yeah. like it's clear that he's seeing things on a delay and he doesn't really know what to do with it. And you can't fault him for that. He's learned like every caster's new when they first start out. They all like make their own blunders and mistakes. It's just unfortunately like, these people starting out in the Skype business, like they've already got compounding issues yes. because of like yes. tech stuff. I think their form's gonna suffer and too. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Right. I mean, think about it, right? Because like, dude, we know this shit fucking intimately from all the fucking bullshit we've dealt with with online fucking podcasts for years. This shit is brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. The one thing that I will hope that happens to these people is what happened to us when we did our get together, which is that we somehow figured out how to do it when the reaction time was way faster. <laughs> like, you know, I, I was nervous we were right. going to forget, like, fuck, do we even know how to, like, talk to each other <laughs> in real life anymore? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but, like, I, I do think that people... I think to to an everyday listener and viewer, I think the concept of speaking over Skype versus in person, like those intricacies can be easily yeah. lost on yeah. people. And it's not until you begin to do it where you realize just how difficult it is. Like as we're talking right now, I can't see mm -hmm. McCoy. So sometimes when I'm talking, like right there, I heard McCoy make an affirming noise. Now, when we first started out, I would have stopped there and been like, okay, go ahead, <laughs> you're going to say something. And McCoy's going to be like, no, wait, I was fuck. just saying yes. And like, it was awkward oh. as fuck. Since then, obviously, we know like, I'm just going to plow ahead with my point. And if McCoy really needs to interrupt me, he will go ahead and do that. <laughs> but like, yeah, it takes practice. It took three years of practice, I think, at this point for yeah. us to like, kind of get comfortable with it even then we like still, practically like, choke it half the time right well awkwardly <laughs> like right this exactly. it's so hard that in person is flawless <laughs> trust me trust me i'm confident <laughs> because it's like you can just you can start to like sing in unison as people you know what i mean because when you're willing to like follow someone else's train of thought you're following their train of thought with them right like you're on the same train and if you're willing to like have that person if you're let's say it's your train of thought if you're willing to have someone else drive it a little bit if they want to add things or they want to ask clarifying questions like you can stay together but that is like it's so much harder in this um because there's this like natural sort of like rhythm that you're missing um and god the talking over each other thing fuck i do it to this day guys it's like my biggest, I mean, like, they're like, yeah, we fucking know, dude. And yeah, of course you do. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. I swear to God, I have friends in real life that like me, okay? I swear. On the podcast, I interrupt everyone all day long. It's so brutal that I listen back and I'm editing and I'm just cringing the whole time. Like, oh, dude, what are you doing? And that's just the existence. <laughs> because, like, and so basically, moral of the story, though, is that, like, yeah, the synergy in person is insanely good. It's insanely good. And, and dude, not even to mention the fucking players have been playing this shit online too. Like this is some garbage shit they sent to us via fucking Twitch, bro. They sent us online games people are playing from their fucking bedroom. Of course it came out like solo queue. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. Oh god. I just I, I feel bad for the talent personally because it's just like this is it's training them wrong. Like their reps are kinda bad, but like we'll see. We'll see. There's mm -hmm. some cool people though. I'm I'm very happy that the scene is loved you know what i mean that's what mm -hmm. gives me joy yeah 
That's the passion that mm-hmm. matters. I just sure. think Riot needs to help. Let's put it this way, the nicest way possible. Help NA production, please. It would help all <laughs> of the talent be better and shine, and that's your game that gets to shine too. So help them. Please get Bach on a desk with people actually in front of him, because I could see him being very yeah. good. <laughs> Dude, I was about to fucking say, Bach is the exact, perf- what a perfect uh, example of someone that I have, without even thinking, been like, I don't know if he's going to make it. Because he's on a fucking desk, dude. That's so true. What the fuck, dude? He clearly has a lot of personality. And he's clearly interesting. And he's clearly well-liked by everyone else. That's a lot going for him. But he's sitting there trying his best to fucking navigate this garbage. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> oh, God. So and, I, and, and EU is doing it differently. And it's just odd to watch. Like, it's just, what? what like doesn't that weird you about there's like that they're so different like that that yeah oh yeah i mean it's just it's it's saddening i say saddening only because like having watched league of legends i have slowly seen how lec slowly just eclipses nalcs both just in like production and content and like overall personalities and, like, NA does its best, but, like, they don't nearly come out with, like, the same content as LEC does. Like, as fire as it does. I mean, the LEC has fucking G2. <laughs> like, and they are, they're just content machines. They are. Like, they are. They were already at an advantage. No, listen, but, think about this for a second but like, from so G2. It's very Sorry s- to interrupt you, but, you know, fuck mm-hmm. online or whatever. But no think worries. about this, right? <laughs> G2, okay, they have shown the world that, like, Sentinels should not have had such a poor performance for so long and not memed like what are they doing <laughs> like where's the self-awareness like you think g2 would have had this meteoric rise and then like fall off and not been hilarious about it and kept the fan base like i i think sendel's gonna crash course in uh being a fucking orc S- sendel's was too busy trying to dish out l's that they could not dude cash. <laughs> i think that shit is so fucking cringe but maybe that's like the modern like youth fucking culture i i hate that the term L's. of dish yeah L. hold Take the L. L. I hate yeah. it Ugh. oh i Ugh. know that's what <laughs> that's like brimmy with a stimmy <laughs> for me take the l i'm like dude oh. I, yeah they're both disgusting for me to be honest like what's really funny is like we've talked about like richard lewis and how he just yells at a fucking camera all day but one of the things that he and thorin both do is they have decided at some point together it seems like on this unholy alliance that they've created of just like screamers screaming together um, but they've just decided that basically like morals and principles and like high ground is just not something you are to be, it's not valuable in the modern combative experience. And so they, they have just decided like to fight at the level of their opponents, which is down in the hold the L territory. And no, I know no. it's fucking brutal. <laughs> so then like fucking Thorin's in there and be like, hold the L. And I'm like, ah, kill me. Like, I can't, I can't do it. Like, it's like, get me out of the chair. Like, I just, oh God. It's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like Clockwork Orange, but like, it's going to be like McCoy, say the line. <laughs> <laughs> dude, honestly, fucking hell, dude. It, it was, it, it, oh God, it's been killing my soul it's been killing my soul um because i just like watching because then okay here's why i think if you fight someone on the low ground where they are i think they will destroy you like because i think they've already won 
Because if you go down and fight the 12-year-olds who are screaming loudly, uh, hold the L, without even listening, without even giving you an opportunity to say anything back, it's not a debate. It's just, hold the L, hold the L, hold the L, like this sort of shit. Like, this is what's happening, right? Children are shouting essentially over you, right? If you go and try to hold the L or hold the W or fucking somehow turn the L into a W, some sort of, you know, right? If you try to do that, then the first thing they're going to tell you is, you're just a you know a 35 year old man yelling at a, tw- a 12 year old right and that is actually true like that is actually what you are doing <laughs> and it's like you just lose instantly because you are actually some weird ass fucking old man just shouting at people to get off his lawn and you can say that's not a loss that's actually me trying to fight and that's fine but like do you not see that that is a loss position <laughs> like <laughs> do you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> come on so i don't know that's why i still keep my high Can't ground argue <laughs> i try i try <laughs> join us next year next week as we uh go through like gen z lingo and try to use it in the podcast as much as the possible question mark is uh, going through a new segment hold the l next week where we go through uh <laughs> You know, I don't know, Valorant News or some shit. No, it would be it would be um <laughs> bad like org looks or like bad drama, you know? This week on Hold the L, Shazam said this on stream and that was right before a series. You shouldn't have said it in front you know, it was like I don't know. It farmed five thousand <laughs> likes and twenty thousand impressions. Like <laughs> Dude. So that's another thing, man, about Sentinels though, that like their whole brand and their players that really like rubs me the wrong way. But I think it's just like I might be too old for this shit, but it's the like look at me like i'm so rich like it's vibe you know what i mean i oh oh yeah i never right, mentioned this right. on the podcast but i like to refer to pet sentinels by their pre-rolex post-rolex <laughs> no, era oh that's so sad for them <laughs> it might be true it does line up it does light up um because <laughs> after they got the rolexes from iceland they've just been going downhill ever since yeah so. So I like to say, like, man, I really liked pre-Rolex. I, dude, like, that is the great. most damning piece of analysis. Like, I that is the most devastating wreck. Like, if if you were act, like, think about that. If that actually were to stick to them as a team, like, they're destroyed. They're destroyed forever. <laughs> and you know the problem is here's why. Because if you ask someone the question, but is it not true though? It's really hard to argue against. <laughs> exactly exactly like it might not be true i hope it's not true but they align perfectly so far with the data we have it's j- it just is it's just the way the cards crumble wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> the cards are dealt yeah, yeah. I think. or the cookie thinking, crumbles like, co- yeah, cookie yeah, yeah crumbling yeah. cards <laughs> yeah i think cards are crumble we can do that for exactly the that'll be that's a that's just the way, the, just cards the, way the cards crumble. crumble uh in in this hold the l territory dude we're fucking we're literally oh, in God, some yeah. lunatic land now but it's okay i'm gonna put in like the episode description like also listen as mccoy and zoe go on a gen z <laughs> rant about the kids these days i can't wait for gen z kids to like listen to this and to be like you know i don't truly understand a lot of the things you're saying but i at least respect your style <laughs> Which, <laughs> no, they'll just be like, hold this out, old ratio, ratio, ratio. Old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
maybe maybe we should put in our tagline instead of like a uh, V question mark, you know, a Valorant f- fan podcast. We should see like V question mark a millennial <laughs> Valorant fan podcast. A boomer just podcast. Just to like let them know, like, oh, yeah, a bo- a, oh my god, yes, a boomer Valorant <laughs> fan podcast. That's gonna be dude. Great. Are we? Just so we can, like, attract the You're right You're absolutely people. right. Dude, the other day on fucking Twitch, I was watching, or, like, someone was showing, it was Alex who was showing me, this fucking, like, this grandpa, like, with, like, full white beard that just plays, like, I think it's League or something at, like, a platinum level. And he just streams and he looks kind of oh, like Santa Claus. And apparently, that's that's, no, it's totally adorable. <laughs> and it's, like, totally. And so anyways, he was showing me this and I was just like, that is so cute. And then I, like, had this moment of, like, is that what the kids think all of us? Are? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Wait, 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 wait. We were young once, and it wasn't even that long ago, bro. It wasn't even that long ago. You'll understand, bro. You'll understand. But will they? I don't know. They think very differently than us, bro. Very differently. This I've noticed. I will I will admit, there are some, some good eggs I run into when I play Valorant. And I'm like, you're a good egg. And some of them have even literally afterwards messaged me like, yo, I hate my um, my peer group. And I'm like, don't worry, I hate my power group too. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, rule number one, sympathize with them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to fucking interface and they're just like ratio. And I'm like, no, no, let's not, let's not say ratio here. <laughs> like, and they're like, oh, sorry, sorry. There was this one guy I played with who was only typing, but you could tell he was a 12 year old because like after like four rounds in, one person was like, oh God. Okay, I think we can do this, but we did get wrecked in the morning. I was a little low, and he just instantly just tries to forfeit. And then people were like, yo, don't forfeit. We're like two rounds behind, bro. We got this. We got this. And he's like, oh, sorry, man. And he starts typing, like, apologizing in chat that he forfeited. He's like, I thought we were done, man. I'm sorry. No, I'm still here. I'm still here. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, who is this? Like, are you literally seven? Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, God. And it was so funny, because then, like, later, we did actually surrender. Because, you know, those games... There's a case that they are actually over. <laughs> and for some teams, they really are. I think the comeback gene that was really, like, present in Counter-Strike is less present here. It's still here. But it's less present here. Fair. And so some people do really super give up. And if they super give up, I don't think it's worth it mentally to play. Now, people would claim, and this is such a classic Riot thing, that you get more points for, in terms of ranked points, you get more points for playing the game out, even if you're essentially having zero fun, and there's no chance to win. Um, so people are literally in 4v5s, forcing each other to play when there's a DC because they want to get their rank points and because forfeiting sacrifices more rank points because I believe it's something online that it treats the every round after that as a loss, which is, like, devastating. So if you're like, fuck, man, we got an AFK, but it was at round three. So then it's like, now you lost this game 3 to 13. <laughs> and right. it's an evenly matched game. So that devastates your MMR. And so because of this, and people know this, they literally just force each other into playing these excruciating games where everyone's mental just takes a giant dive. And to me, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about my rank points. I give a fuck about my mental because I need to play more games if I'm going to win in the long run. Um, no, you must endure. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, listen, he's not having any fun. More. The guy's like, we should leave. And they're like, I agree with you on like a moral level, but... I want my rank points. And I'm like, you are sick. <laughs> but numbers go exactly. up. <laughs> so anyways, so then when we actually tried to surrender, right, 
this 12-year-old was the only person who didn't vote yes. And I was like, are you serious that you were the one person who wanted to surrender at round four, but you now don't want to surrender when we actually all agreed to it? You are the least morally consistent person I have ever encountered. You need to grow <laughs> up. Figure. What if he's just like, they're testing me? <laughs> It's ridiculous. This is, this is my initiation into the cool exactly, kids club. I exactly. gotta, I gotta you, say you, no. He's gotta say no. And you're like, yeah, he's like, was I getting along with the team? That's really odd. That's never happened to me before. That's never happened in Valorant before. <laughs> oh, God, it was so funny. I was like, apologize for this, too. Yeah, asshole. And he's not an asshole, but he was clearly lost. You know what I mean? Like, he just had no idea. And I was like, oh, no one taught you the culture here. And actually, the Valorant culture is very weird. Like, I, one of my icebreakers that I do in solo queue a lot, because when I'm on my game, one of the big strengths that you could have is being a, a reasonable person with a nice microphone, is you could talk to people and say shit nicely, and then they'll be like, yeah, wow, we could, like, I guess try working together for this game, just this game, just for you, because you seem nice. Okay, thanks, that sounds cool. Um, and so one of the things is, at least in NA, and I don't know if this is true across the world or in EU or whatever, but, like, in NA, in solo queue, there is complete silence during champions like that's the standard so and i literally broke the ice one time with being like do you guys think that the na scene is behind because the culture would suggest that no one would talk during this key strategic point of the game <laughs> we don't even get to practice trying to work together or think about strategies at all because we just silently sit here and this dude was like holy shit <laughs> because it's like what the fuck we don't even talk like dude just hovering random shit like okay so he thinks he wants chamber okay this guy thinks he wants omen literally no one is talking not a single word about like i'm looking to play this position i'm hoping someone else can play this like it is just nightmare land out there and i'm just like looking at that like okay we could do better than that <laughs> so <laughs> So that's one of the things. That, yeah, so I, I do a lot as I break the ice there because you want teams to actually work together and ideally you want it to happen that soon. Um, so you try to like make a joke or whatever. And something that I find really strange is like, isn't it weird that nobody talks during this? And people will be like, yeah, what the fuck? Like a lot. <laughs> like a lot. Um, but anyways, rant over about fucking solo queue. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. We are um, out here. Is it done? How do you think? I think so. I mean, listen, we already went on a whole rant about how many games we have to get through, guys. I don't think we should touch on EMEA. Although EMEA is indeed, like, it's been shown to have quite a couple bangers yeah. already. Um, granted, they do have a quicker playoff bracket, so I would say, like, let's table that for how next this? week. How about this? How about this? How about this? Just give me the skinny on Fnatic M3. Oh, is that too God. much? Well, first of all, I will say Mech is coming off of like a gauntlet of yes. matches because all of their matches were at the very end. Which might even benefit um, them, actually, because like... I was going to say, I actually think it might have been to their benefit just in terms of their overall stamina, yep. for sure. Um, that being said, like, I feel like to do a lot of matches on the old patch and then immediately have to, like, in a right. short amount of time, get used to the new patch... I don't know. They, they seem to be adjusting well, though, uh, all things considered. But um, 
Also, I would just say, like, if you want to watch, like, Mech's last few games, um, if you want to know what bullying looks like, oh. <laughs> like you should watch, like, Mech versus London oh. United, because that's oh. what bullying looks like. <laughs> Yo, Riot, where's the, where's, like, the, I, <laughs> where's the ruling on this one? Yeah, like, we got 13-5. Oh, Nat's oh, yeah, top scoreboard Greece, both times. Do you think Nat's just cleans up, yeah. like, lesser players? I, I, I do think, like... I do think he is the best when he's against people who can't out-aim diff him, which, yes, typically okay. falls on these okay. lower teams as a result. Okay. Um, but, yeah, London United versus uh, versus Mech was quite the uh, bullying thing. I think P- Pansy and Hyapok might have been casting that one, and just the whole game, they were just like, this just isn't even fair anymore. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> like, is it? Can we just, like, put them in the in the playoffs already? <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, um, so that being said, um, Mech has been working their way up through playoffs, but they had their match today versus Fnatic, which is a grudge match, because the last time they faced Fnatic was um, back in... I don't even actually remember what it was, but they basically said the last time they faced Fnatic, they got 2 owed by wow. them, um, and it was a devastating loss. Um and so this time around, it was a it was a rematch, Fnatic versus Mech. It went to three games, but that's not the highlight of it. The highlight of it is that, you know, game one happens very close. Fnatic 13-11 on Fracture. So Fnatic wins out 13-11. Very back and forth games, teams showing strength. Bind happens. Mech's bind is very good. So 13-8, Mech. And then we get to fucking split. what is this i've never even seen a vlr look this long before with this many rounds exactly. does that really say 44 and score yes 44 wow. rounds 23 to 21 fanatic at the end with every tie round just basically going back forth, <laughs> back forth back forth for the longest wow. time it was absolutely insane like Honestly, if there's a game that you need mm-hmm. to go back and watch, it's watch just the split map of Fnatic and Mech because you will just see two titans really go at That's each other. Amazing. And it's just a fight of... It, it's a war of attrition. Which one can outlast? Who will start stumbling the most? And both of these teams put up hell of a fight. And I don't know. It's after a 23-21 yeah. match where I was like, fuck it, yeah (laughs) like you've got like at this point you're just kind of like oh my god is there like a world like clearly fanatic and mech are like two insanely good teams and that's just one side of the bracket going on like the other the other games that have been going on have been very interesting to say the least you know liquid has been making their way up um Ooh, I do see, though, we have a rematch of Mech versus G2, mm. notably of which is one of my favorite games to watch from Masters 3, where Mech 13 owed G2 on Icebox. Wow. So that's a rematch wow. of that. But, but that's, this is the thing, though. I think that the teams in EMEA are so much more consistent yeah. than what we see on the NA side that we have these storylines going um, in terms of these rivalries happening and it just makes for some really great narratives dude fanatic Um, bro literally the fact that fanatic 
I'm dude, me too. What them. the fuck? Don't this is like right. my this is like my promised land. Like, I I they're an actual team of like smart people making like coordinated plays, mm-hmm. like and doing the best they can. And I have this weird bias in esports where I'm like, the smart people can only last so far before the skilled people destroy them. Um, and then they all become coaches. <laughs> and I, like, assumed that was going to be, like, Booster's role in, like, two seconds. But no. No. He's fucking right here dialed in in the middle of the fucking pitch. It's great. It's fucking great. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just – I looked at Fnatic's team and I was, like, pound for pound, I feel like they have – they don't – I feel like they don't have a top one in any role. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, they're just, like, not mm-hmm. – they don't feel like that to me. Maybe they're proving otherwise. That's awesome. I'd like to watch more of them to really know. But, like, you, no one's saying Durka's, like, the best player in all of EU or, like, the world. Maybe they are now. But, like, no one was. No one was saying Boaster's the best mm-hmm. IGL. They were, like, happy for him. You know what I mean? They were saying he's a good IGL. Like, Magnum? No way he's the best, like, Killjoy, right? Like, I don't even know what he's playing these days. So, like, I just... And you just go down the list, bro. Like, every single player. But their teamwork... And, like, coordination. Yeah. It's amazing. And I think you really see that in the split game, just how well that team coordination is working. You truly see a matchup of two teams who have insane coordination with each other and what that can do. I mean, we've already kind of talked about, um, like, in a previous series, um, I think it was Fnatic versus BBL, I think. Like, just the, the Sage Slow that was combined with, uh, some other like utility like a Molly on icebox. Oh, in the kitchen. At some point. And it was like just yeah, yeah, yeah. Killjoy yeah, Molly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. I was sick. Yep. Right, and you see a lot of that also in this mech game okay. as well. Just these these perfect uh, amounts of utility just stacked on each other that can just trap some of these mech players and and you know pick them off one by one. Um, that being said, like mech is really good at trading kills. So you were just wow. seeing like it was. It almost seemed like every single round in overtime was just this back, forth, back, forth. This team comes out on top. Next round, back, forth, back, forth. This team comes out on top. Like, I I don't feel like you can come away from that series and say that Fnatic is the better team over Mech. Yeah. Like, I think it's honestly just like, oh my God, Fnatic and Mech are monsters. (laughs) So... The thing is, Mech now needs to... Win to twice, Mech is not out of it. Uh, yeah, so what happens? Fnatic and Fun Plus Phoenix, who won their match versus Team Liquid today, I believe that they are automatically qualified uh, into Iceland as a result of this. Really? Um, Holy fuck. Actually, I, I know Fnatic is. I might have to double check on Fun Plus Phoenix because top three I make see. it. So it's going to be the two people in grand finals, and then I'm assuming whoever loses the lower okay, final so maybe, gets to go. Okay, so maybe Fun Plus Phoenix could lose, then lose, then would be out? Okay, that makes yes. sense to me. So, okay, so I guess Fun... Fl- so, but I, I think they said today, though, that Fnatic did punch their ticket to Iceland as a result. Although I don't see them listed in the top three. Yeah. I'll have to... I'll have yeah, to I don't know. But nice. It's varying formats, but the point is, like, top three make it besides top two in NA. So, Mech is not out of it just yet. Um, I think Fnatic... Oh, yeah, Fnatic automatically makes it because they make it to the grand final. 
no, 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 they don't because they, no, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But, the, but no, but what oh. really matters here is tell me the world where uh, M3 doesn't get to make it and I will literally like make a fucking sacrificial doll to protect the, that, us from that world. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Because exactly. like, okay, like if you think Cloud9's been consistent, which I do, um, M3, Mech, Gambit, like these motherfuckers have been transcendent like so far Mm -hmm. i I think you know i i still put them in the context of like some of the greatest teams i've seen in counter-strike's history and they've definitely lasted better like no sorry i wouldn't say that necessarily i've always been better played than this but like longer periods um longer periods for sure we still are a young scene but if people are talking about sentinels and their like meteoric rise it's like what you really want to talk about that actually deserves that rep is Gambit. They have just never stopped being uh, a contender. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since their since their uh, Berlin and, run. And don't we have to sure. say it like, I I I think there's also extenuating circumstances in the world that everybody's aware about, and they could have fallen off a fucking cliff, man. And I wouldn't have blamed them for doing that. Like, the world's mm-hmm. a terrifying place to be them. Okay, they've had to deal with a lot of shit, but they're not stopping yet. <laughs> That's amazing. No, and they're and they're thriving over that. So good mm-hmm. on them. Good on them. But. Yeah. So I mean that that's kind of all we can say for EMEA okay. at this point. It's it's a lot. I'm excited to see where that goes. But I think otherwise, yeah. you know, main thing this weekend, grand finals on mm-hmm. Sunday mm-hmm. for NA. And then, actually, is it both? Oh, my God. It's Don't do this to us, bro. They're, they're both on the same day, and it's both best of... Oh, no, no, no. Okay. EMEA is the day after. Grand Finals the day after. It's on a Monday? What? Oh, no. It's on a what? Sunday. Wait. No, what's happening? They are on the Wait, same they're day. Wait, they're both. They're both on the same day. Okay. God, they might overlap. Oh, no. Why it's do you do this It's also just like... Us? This is like... Yeah. I. I, I, I don't understand why you, like, the both of these could be, okay, well, actually, technically, like, if we really want to do the analysis of it, like, hold on, does this game actually matter? <laughs> wait, 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 do we really have a format where it doesn't really matter who wins the grand final? It's just seeding? I guess seeding's nice. I mean, I, yeah, I guess for, I mean, for both of these teams, right? actually, because I guess grand final for NA, it's the top two. And then, yeah, grand final for EU would be top three. So, yeah, like technically. These no, what the sh- what is this, dude? Oh, but, okay. but it is it, it is yeah, for yeah. seeding, though, yeah. for yeah. for yeah. Iceland. So the grand final. So they, they do like to push this narrative how seeding matters and that you get to go against lesser teams and you can go further. But 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 so. fucking M3 is going to be a lesser team now. And so if I was another region, I would stop getting seeding right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would drop seeding real quick. Because like, but it's like, so dude, it's just too variable to even care. I think seeding is a, such bullshit to me. Um, but what I will say is maybe yeah, this fanatic mech game is the grand finals of EU. I mean, in some senses, it seemed like it had the epicness of a grand final. Um, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's on par with like crew mech Fuck, last so champions. Good. 
<sighs> I know. Like, it, it's on par, I think, with, like, that kind of, like, banger of a match where it's, like, now all of these... I don't think they're ever going to be as back. I, I could oh. be wrong. There could be like a 30 to 32 match coming up soon. <laughs> like we're not oh, aware God. about that's going to be. Insane. No, it's true. But I'm still excited for the grand right. finals. I do find it really weird that they was them on the same day. Cause it's just like, it's too much of a good thing. Like let them breathe. You know what I mean? Like let them have space mm-hmm. so you can like think about them. Cause I, I think it's so exciting to get to it at this point where you're like, okay, these are the best in these regions. Now it's a really exciting time to like, it's it's really tightened up to like you can watch a couple of series and start to see what's going on a little better so to put them back to back on a single day is just like what <sighs> and they will overlap since it's a best, it's of, a best five, of five wow and i don't, I don't think wow. there's, yeah so i don't think there's any way in which something that starts yeah, five hours. Yeah, the basically EMEA starts five hours before mm-hmm. North America does. So either it's going to be like a 3-0 uh-huh. stop with every <laughs> every game happening over an hour God. or it'll overlap. That's actually crazy. And then they – so they expect the fan to literally then watch 10 hours of Valorant in a row because grand finals – well, because clearly you don't care about another exactly. region. Um, you only care You're about your region. You're absolutely right. You're so. absolutely right. Except what's really sad is that, like, listen, I fucking, like, love NA. Okay, that might even be too far. I really, I think there's been a bunch of really great teams in NA this <laughs> season, okay? This season, I think NA is a very lovable region, and I'm very happy about that. But the ones that really have my heart, though, is EU. Look at these motherfuckers, bro. These guys are fucking awesome. And it's not that NA isn't awesome too, but it's like these guys are shining and their whole thing is shining. Their broadcast is shining. Their talent is shining. Their gameplay is shining. Like they are really, really exciting. And so it's just like, it's just sad. I guess like maybe esports for me, like used to make sense when it was like larger just tournaments because it was like, if your teams weren't good, you didn't have to pay attention to them. But now I feel like I have to pay attention to them, whether they're good or not. And that's just not a good place to be. Because, like, now it's pretty... Just, oh, God, it's a nightmare. But, yeah, it's true. I will say, listen. Valorant's starting to get hype again. I think we can say that and be excited about that. Hopefully, people aren't going to, like, throw fucking Grand Finals because it doesn't matter. But, but like, so far, shit is on the line. And it is go time for these teams. Mm-hmm. And they are ready. And, and the players, they they love the game. Like, they, they are putting their heart and soul into this. And you can really see it, so... We just get to watch. Joyous. Um, and now we get to Indeed. sleep. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now we run. All right, perfect. Well, we'll join you guys next week when we talk about whatever transpired after this. Hopefully yeah. it's hype. But until then. What if 100 Thieves yourself? drops their roster? Yes. Okay, anyways. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Just stop, stop, stop. <laughs> what if 100 Thieves wins <laughs> NA Finals? Yeah, what if, what if, what if, what if DDK right. and Sean leave like, like LS did? Like right in the middle. Oh, dude. I know, like, I, know, oh I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. All right, let's call it, let's call it. <laughs> we'll ask you about it next week. Right, <laughs> Bye. Bye.